Cause I'm missing you I'm still alright to smile Girl, I think about you every day now Was a time when I wasn't sure But you set my mind at ease There is no doubt you're in my heart now Woman, take it slow, it'll work itself out fine. All we need is just a little patience. Said sugar, make it slow, and we'll come together fine. All we need is just a little patience.
And now, the thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment which, after only one episode, is the most talked about and requested part of the Hoots podcast. That's right, it is once again time for the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. Glad to be back with you all, giving this talk via satellite, because that's what us important directors of operations do. I know that the little peon Adam Daly can't understand that, but that's fine. I may have to talk slowly so that he can understand, and that's fine, you know, and use some words that only he'll understand, but I'll get into that a little bit later. The first thing that I want to talk about this week is the Stomping Grounds pay-per-view that we recently passed. I thought it was a great show from top to bottom, some outstanding matches. Uh, the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, New Day tag team match was particularly quite good. I loved Kofi Kingston diving uh, over Sami Zayn at the end of the Steel Cage match. That was a great finish as well. But the thing that everybody's talking about is the fact that Baron Corbin picked Lacey Evans to be the special guest referee. So let me get this straight. Logic booking, a referee choice that he knew would be favored to Seth Rollins, but Seth Rollins couldn't attack because Seth Rollins had been attacking every other referee with chairs, and the crowd shits over it. Oh, yeah, brilliant job, crowd, and brilliant job, Nimrod, Twitter, Internet morons. Oh, good, we have logical booking that makes sense, and we're going to poo-poo all over it. That's just great. That's just brilliant. Well, seriously, what is the matter with you people? That was a brilliant choice by Baron Corbin to bring out Lacey Evans. It's somebody that he knew that Seth Rollins would not be able to attack and somebody who would be partial towards Corbin winning the title. It was brilliant. And then WWE did a great job finishing up the storyline because as soon as uh, Lacey Evans said no disqualification, well, that means the referee's fair game. And then out comes Becky Lynch, and then they bring in the other referee, and they get to the finish that they were going to get to anyway, which is Rollins retaining the title. It was a great finish. I don't quite understand what the Nimrod Internet fans were hoping for and why the crowd was booing throughout that match when they announced Lacey Evans as the guest. It was a brilliant pick, and I, I just I just don't understand what the problem was with the crowd. The other thing that I want to talk about is my current favorite part about WWE right now, which is the 24-7 championship. I have been dying laughing ever since this thing was introduced. Uh, Truth uh, winning the title at Drake Maverick's wedding was awesome. And you know that the crowd is digging this because that clip or that video on YouTube has almost over has almost 5 million views right now. So I think that that's absolutely incredible. Plus the segment this past week on Monday when Drake Maverick came out basically, you know, said that his he spent his no no, on Tuesday he said he spent his mother-in-law's money. But on Monday he was saying that, you know, his life is over, you know, they haven't consummated the marriage. And, and Truth said that fiber helps without saying that it was constipated and Carmella was dying laughing in the middle of the ring. I think she was corpsing for real in the middle of the ring. So I think that it is some of the most entertaining part. It really, besides maybe the Firefly Fun Firefly Funhouse, is some of the most entertaining television that WWE is producing right now. And I am completely digging the 24-7 championship. And Truth has just been making this thing awesome. And I hope that they keep this going for a long time. By the way. 
Last thing I'll say, and I know I need to wrap this up. I think that our truth deserves a world title reign uh, before his career is over because he has been able to take any gimmick that is given to him and turn it into complete gold. Look what he's doing with the 24-7 championship. I mean, it is absolutely incredible. The crowd loves it. And give this man a world title reign uh, before before the before his career is over. Can you imagine that pop if he wins the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship? The crowd would go absolutely nuts. It would be a Kofi Kingston type moment, and I really believe that. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of The Thoughts of Derrico. I hope I haven't used too many big words for Adam. I know he can only understand words like the, and, it, you... Words like that. Of course, Adam, you know, he sees the word the and he tries to pronounce it te So that's about where his level of intelligence is at. I hope you've enjoyed these thoughts of Derrico. We'll see you the next time. This has been The Thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 162 of the Hoots Podcast. It's Thursday, June 27, 2019, a.k.a. Uh, CM Punk Vegas Pipe Bomb Day. It's not the only pipe bomb this young man delivered in his career. Um, so <laughs> I want to get that out of the way real quick. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name is Joshua. You can follow me on Twitter at the Who's Podcast and on Instagram at Lopez 94 uh, On today's show, we have a lot to get today. We got stomping grounds to talk about. Uh, we got a new edition of the Dawson Derrico that you heard already in the beginning of the show. And also we got a little surprise in the beginning part of the show through the eyes of a nine-year-old since that's the actual uh, segment that people want to hear. We're going to give it to you right off the bat. So not only am I joined by Adam Daly, we're joined by AJ. How's it going guys? I'm doing good. How are you? I am very excited to get on the list of Derrico probably for a tenth time. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna let you take care of my light work. Yes, and then I also got um, I also got two bands that I will talk about today that are on Rowan's shirt. I got two because I almost couldn't handle the one, but uh, but I still went with it. But I went with two. So. Have you found a good band yet, or no? Oh, yes, I have. You would just have to wait till the end, okay? Okay. I'll, I'll yes. wait. I miss, I miss some people that listen to Gojira. Yes, yes. Right. But, right. but you're not supposed to spoil it, so. Okay, okay. Back. All right, all right, Back. sorry. <laughs> all right. So you're quick- on the list of AJ. Oh, boy. There's <laughs> <laughs> list I'm on. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, some quick business things really quick before we get to AJ's segment. Um, as always, make sure to subscribe to the channel on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. And um, if you ever have any questions or suggestions for myself or Adam, please uh, hit us up on social media. Only if you're not a Nimrod, okay? I I, I, just, I have no time for energy for assholes. Let's just keep it simple as it is, all right? Um, all right. So, AJ, what do you want to start with, off with? Questions or your feelings about this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico? What do you want to start off with? We will start off with this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. And after that, we will talk about the Firefly Funhouse because there wasn't one. Right. <laughs> but we stood to the Abby the Witch, didn't we? We saw her on Raw. Did you see the dancing pig in SmackDown or no? No, where was it hidden on SmackDown? I think it was behind the Miz or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I was looking at it, like, it, just in between things, it's just, you know. 
All right, guys, what do you think about what Derek had to say this week? <laughs> so, um, first of all, his I do not agree with his music. I think that he should just go with one music and a one and done. That's it. He is he gonna change it every week? Is he gonna go from like yoga to like to like heavy metal? And then is he gonna do like pop next? It's just funny because every song he uses is a different variation of a serial. It was like a stereotype for a serial killer in a different type oh, of thriller movie, right? Like last week, it was the creepy, like he's normally a businessman, but probably murders people at night. That's that's what he used previously. Uh, now it's like like what you would expect to hear in uh, in, in uh, uh, I almost said it, but I didn't mean it. Um, in Saw, you know, what I mean, it's totally like something you'd hear like Jigsaw playing in the background, you know, um, just some little more high energy. So I think Derek's sending us red flags that we should probably be needing to grab onto. Uh, but that's, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But, Safety first. But also never underestimate my father. He is also a director of something, sir. He's uh, also a director. I, 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 I am, a, I am a director. Yes. yes. You are. We'll just say that. I'm a director. You are. Yeah. You are. You are. You are. So do not underestimate my father. I don't talk about my job on here, though. I don't really like to talk about my flair. <laughs> you know, uh, here's the thing. Like we've Adam, me and you've known Derek for what, three or four years now. Something like that. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what he operates. Like, <laughs> I don't think he knows. Not a razor blade. That's for sure. I think he just goes ahead and says that to make himself look cool. Mm. So okay, so where, did, did you? What else did you want to start with? Where, where or Josh? Where do you want to start with the thoughts of Derricka? Um, I wanted to ask AJ how she felt about him saying that his segment's the most requested segment on our show. It is not. I was actually going to mention that it is not. Mine is the most requested. It is the best in the world. No, I'm not talking about Shane McMahon. Get that out of your head. It is CM Punk Day, everybody. So many references already. Yes. And there's going to be such an oversaturation, yes. I can tell. But, but, mine is the best in the world. Mine is the most requested. And you know you get all those likes and all those views on whatever, whatever you use. It's yes. mine. <laughs> it's me. That's how you get them. You're the draw, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Kids yeah, love me, so that. kids start listening to you. That's simple. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you, AJ. <laughs> um, all right. Adam, anything else you wanted to add on to what he said about uh, where the was the pay-per-view or his thoughts of the 24-7 title? How about this? I have a question for you. Why? <laughs> I love Derek. I, mean, I got a lot to say, really. Yeah, this, this has been going on since we've done, like, the Universal Chatter with him in the past, like, and uh, the warm-up show. Like, he <laughs> – I love Derek. I he just don't know how he can – on everyone. I, yeah, I was about to say, how can you throw every single – anybody on the roster could be a world champion? Hell, Drake Maverick by the end of the year could contend for the IC title at this rate. Like, um, I mean, that's possible. I, that actually, it's probably somewhere – I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, no. I, okay, so wait, listen. I, I just I, – let's just I, – I, I don't <sighs> – I, know, I understand why people were upset with Lacey Evans. We'll get to that stuff later on. That's not something like – I just want to know is like for, for people that like – like we're not really a recap show. We just like to kind of like talk about what we liked or maybe something, you know, we don't break things down. Why right. is this idiot coming on in segments and breaking down – like that's – you're like, hey, director of operations, do you even know what you're oper- – again, the show that you're operating, you're, 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 you're not even following its own uh, guidelines there. Uh, number two, um, you know – 
I really think Carmella has a better chance of being uh, the world champion than, than R-Truth. And I love R-Truth. And I want to say this. I think that Derek does have a great point. And this is one great thought of Derek O because as here, um, now I'm going to make my reference. You know, R-Truth has been in some very, very integral points in wrestling history. And we don't even realize it. Like, for example, uh, on June 27th, 2011, it was R-Truth that beat John Cena before right. CM Punk cut the pipe bomb. So, Derek, I agree with you. He's that important that he did have to be in the main event that night, which, in a way, you could look back and say might be better than winning a world championship. I mean, who really knows? I, Truth wins a championship, or what, what's what's gotten more views, if that's what Derek's you know YouTube barometer's based off of, um, which also makes me think that he's a little bit too much into voyeurism, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like he's the type of dude that watches a lot of reaction videos. That's all. That's just me. You know, and, and, and that's just, you know, he just seems to me that he watches a lot of reaction videos. But, um, like, weirdos. So, uh, but other than that, what other points was he trying to make on there? Or, you know, it's funny. Uh, we're, we're a little uh, uh, break down the fourth wall since this is punk day. Um, Oh, the references are going to get so by the end of the show. (laughs) I know. People are going to be pissed. It's already bad. (laughs) Um, Breaking down the fourth wall, we're actually recording this live on our YouTube channel. And Derek's in the chat room right now listening to this live as we record the show. Of course he would be. (laughs) He says, ah, the thoughts of Derek are the most popular segment of the show. Yes. (laughs) The only people that say that are people that want to believe it in their own heads. You know what I mean? Like... Like, there's a great Paul Heyman interview that dropped, like, two days ago. And, by the way, I think that's – there's a lot of irony behind when – or coincidence when that was dropped or whatever. But, you know, um, like yeah. Paul Heyman said, he doesn't walk around saying, I'm the best guy back here. He just goes out and hopes to prove it. Like, you know, and he want, he has the mindset. So, Derek, um, again, what are you operating other than a chat room? <laughs> you have the guts to come on like a man, a Canadian man, you know, like a Mountie, if you will? A Mountie? <laughs> <laughs> what's, not, what, what's better? What's better, a Mountie or a Rougeau? I mean, they're French, but it's still Canadian, right? I th- wasn't the Mountie a Rougeau? I could be wrong. I wasn't born during that era. I think the Mountie was one of the Rougeaus. I actually used to like the Mountie. I don't know. I was. I like the cattle prod thing. I got such a kick out of it. I don't know why. Oh, here's another comment from me. He says, I'm letting you all get what you need off your chest, and when I make my return, I'll set everyone straight. <laughs> Fantastic. When I make my return. It's, man, you're lucky we're doing this in the, in the TVPG segment of the show. Yes. All right. Um, we'll, we'll save the rest of the comments when Derek actually graces us with his presence on air. Yes. Um, Real, real quick though, AJ, what did you think of um, what did you think of stomping grounds? I, I know, I know, your time is limited. You got uh, you got to go ghost hunting, but yes. but uh, so my time or my stomping grounds review was very good at the very last match because now now I've been saying this ever since the ever since um, Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch very like, came out online that right. they were dating. Right. I've been saying that yeah. they're going to be the new Mixed Match people who are going to do a Mixed Match challenge. Whether you kept saying it was going to be versus Edge and Beth somehow, Edge and Beth somehow, right. Edge and Beth. Um, but now, then I say they're going to probably have to do it something else first to lead up to that, if they were going to do that. I mean, you did. I'm not going to die. Well, here's Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. So what? Seth Rollins is feuding Baron Corbin and Becky is 
instead of feuding with Lacey Evans. So what's right. the best mixed match challenge? To put the two to put the two feuders against the two other ones in a mixed match. Hmm. And it's now do you like the winner take all aspect of that match though? Yes, okay. I do like that part. I just hope that I just very hope that Seth Rollins is not messed up because I cannot have this couple break up. This will be a tragedy if they break up, okay? A you love some Becky and Seth together, huh? Yes. You love that they're showing them on TV. Yes. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Oh, man. Um, uh, and I'm going to ask her, watch it, I'll ask her one more question because I know, like I said, her, her time is limited. So, you know, um, how do you feel about, and, and obviously you're not online to do this. I just kind of told you, like, Seth Rollins was, like, going after people online and kind of standing yes. up for WWE. Um, I mean, what do you think right now? Because we're going to give probably our thoughts later on, but, like, you know, um, now that we've heard that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are coming in, and you're kind of familiar with them people, you're definitely familiar with Paul Heyman. Yes. Um, do you like that they're going to kind of be in the creative process, it looks like? Yes. Eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. That's what I do every single day. Jeez. I, I eat, sleep, conquer, <laughs> and repeat. That's a good way to live. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good way to live. <laughs> no. AJ, anything else you wanted to say before you head off this week? Okay, so what I wanted to say was the music research that I did, obviously. Um, are you stupid? Of course I wanted to say this. So I am going to put this band first, because one that my father decided to say the other one first, and because this is an excellent band. So was it on Tuesday, I believe? Tuesday. Tuesday. Um, they Rowan was wearing a Soundgarden shirt. They were in Seattle. Yes, they were in Seattle. Now, Soundgarden is, was an American rock band formed in Seattle, Washington. Like, really? Yes. I'm, well, that's actually, yeah, there's, yeah, you, go ahead, go in ahead. In 1984. And uh, Chris Cornell was the lead singer of that. Mm-hmm. And he did die by suicide. Mm-hmm. When, when was it? Uh, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. 2017. Yes. May 20th, 2017. Okay. But yeah, so. We so we all miss Chris Cornell, especially the ones who grew up with his music. Well, here's what's crazy is like I was I was like gonna start to make a joke like really nah they were a band from Seattle but Josh I don't know what our listener base is you know what I mean so yeah, like there's a lot point. of people that really might not know I mean kids to think about it that I mean that's twenty some years ago now no ninety dude we're talking damn almost thirty years. Before, like, when Soundgarden first broke through. Temple of the Dog was, like, right before then. That's where we really got stuck in over. You know, and then Soundgarden and, and Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And, you know, everyone else came after that. But it's, like, it's insane to think that grunge is 30 years old. So there are there are a lot of people listening to this that, that did not get to experience that, like, in real time, including yourself. Yeah, I think they already had, like, mainstream fame once I was born. So, mm-hmm. um I I've always been a uh, advocate for Soundgarden. Just growing up listening to music, um, it's always strange. Like I feel like an old soul in the way AJ, where I always cling on to music from past as opposed to present day. Yes, um, I do like Nirvana a lot, and that yeah. was not even close to my time. You're a big Pearl Jam fan. Yes, so I do like Pearl Jam, and Becky Lynch is too. So go Becky! I didn't even know that. Uh, we have we have another thing in common, right? Good, good. Oh, we do, we do. <laughs> you're, like, you're like me and Becky. Got a yes. lot of isn't you, not me, yes. obviously, but you. Yes, we, we we really do. To be honest, there you go. Okay, hey, 
AJ, who's the bad band this week? The bad band is, unfortunately, Dad had to spoil it, but I'm not mad that he spoiled it because they are terrible. Gojira. Gojira is a French heavy metal band from Bayonne, originally formed as Godzilla in 1996, but they changed their name to to Gojira in 2001. And I'm also not a very big fan, one, because literally everything is in French, as in everything is in French. Um, and so the one that is not is actually one. I think this is one. Yeah, this is the one. It's called, uh, it's called From Mars to Cyrus. And one is the fourth, the fourth title, and the fourth title in there is Unicorn. So again, (laughs) again, with old people singing about unicorns, I do not like it. I'm not going to listen to you if you're singing about unicorns. Roman, (laughs) Um, Roman, you're you're definitely in wrestling Twitter somewhere. I mean, I love unicorns, but I'm not going to sing, but I'm not going to like listen to a heavy metal band sing about a unicorn. I it's, work, it's a strange topic to sing about. I agree yes, with you. I used to work with is. a dude that listened to Gojira a lot. And and here's the thing. I never listened to him, so please, they, they might be an excellent band. Is Flying yeah. Whales it's just, a good title? Uh, well, we were all concerned that the dude that was always like shoving his band down our throat, our big concern was that he was going to come in the, the, our place of employment one day and just shoot up the place. <laughs> so it was oh, one man. of those, right? And I'm not kidding around. It's something that, like we actually had a like heavy concern about, it, like a discussion at work about it with like some people like, hey, should we talk like do we have to escalate this? But um it was it was kinda weird. But um yeah, so that that's kinda why I've stayed away from Gojira. But yeah, I don't know. Thank you for the for the music lessons. Yes. We appreciate. And Rowan, thank you for making me do this music lessons, or else um people wouldn't know what's bad and what's good in music. Seems like he's given us a little bit of international flavor and domestic flavor every every yes. week, you know? Yes. COC last week's encouraging to conformity. Yes. Because he, you have to teach us. I was also. He doesn't have to teach us. You're like. (laughs) He's probably like, like, you're putting pressure on this poor man. And he's like, oh, now I got to teach the youth of America about good metal. Oh, I like, you know, that's not, maybe that's not what he's ready for right now. But uh, I was wearing a My Chemical Romance shirt earlier today. Oh, uh, okay. Yes. If you, and listen, if you connected that, and I love, I love MCR, but if you connect them with any of the bands that we've just listed. No. There's, it's kind of a tragedy. I do not at all. But I, I'm glad you brought up uh, MCR AJ because I was playing uh, Helena a couple weeks in the a couple weeks ago. That's an awesome song. Yes, it is. It was one that I was listening to today, along with "Welcome to the Black Parade" and "Famous Last Words." Good brother, you've done a good job raising her. Let's yes. Rowan has to teach us about good heavy metal. Good and bad. That's why I'm here, so he can wear the shirts, and then I do research, and then I tell you. You are fired up today. He's just a principal, and I'm the teacher. Oh, my and God. And you all are the students. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, I think we established three things. Um, no, two things, actually. All three of us are on the list of Derrico again. And yeah. secondly, AJ is had another uh, career change this week. She's a teacher now, so... We got that all figured out. And listen, and I don't, I don't take any kind of idle threats or well, anything not- from somebody that uh, phones in via satellite. Like, come on now, you know what I mean? <laughs> come on. <laughs> thoughts of Derrico. Can we try? And it's, it's more the quips of Derrico. It's not even the thoughts. <laughs> thoughts are thoughts out of Derrico are frightening. Yeah. AJ, thank you so much. 
No problem. I will talk to you, what, next week? Maybe yeah. in three weeks? I don't know. I don't care. But I'll definitely be teaching you about good music. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> the exit stage left. Exit stage left. Uh, Derek just wrote this in the chat room. I am the super indent, uh, super indentant. Is that how you pronounce it? He's trying to use big words. Like he's basically the Vince McMahon of like he's going to use a bunch of big words to make it sound like like you polish up the turd. You know what I mean? Right. By using a bunch of big words to just really say like like hey like it's two guys fighting like I don't like you I don't like you all right let's fight about it it's like well right. we juxta the juxtaposition <laughs> of our personalities must be like you know the personification yeah um you know little uh, story for those who don't know me uh when I was in high school uh in our English uh, reading classes we would have to read a book throughout the week called Word Smart. So you know how you're just uh, talking about Derek bringing up big words that nobody knows? Uh, I had to study those each week. So we had to learn three particular words, write it down, and make it make sense in a sentence. Uh, I think it uh, – you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think having that word smart book actually helped me out when I started doing transcriptions and writing and stuff. So um, <laughs> that was, I thought it was a reference that would work, you know? Wait, I'm, I am so sorry. I just got a work email and like I had to respond to it real quick. Say that, say that last part again, brother. I'm so sorry. No, I was I'm saying so bad on a podcast too. It's just life's hectic. <laughs> no, I was just saying um, you're talking about they're bringing up big words, right? Like mm-hmm. when I was in high school in our English class, we always had to learn. Uh, we took like a full year of like I think it was my junior year of high school. We read this book called Word Smart, and we'd have weekly tests on it. And you have to write it down and ha- make it make sense in the sentence, you know. Right. And I did that every Friday. And I think, in even though it's funny as we're talking about this, it actually really helped me out uh, to become a better writer once I was doing transcriptions and stuff. So, um, yeah. All right. Enough school stuff. I was gonna say when I was in school, they were still they were still teaching us like like seriously teaching us like cursive like. And I know today they don't. I know most of us are like, oh no, don't go. Like, stop it. None of us use it. But, um, it's such a dead, it's such a dead language. It's, you know, we don't, we don't use it. Um, but schooling today is so much different. And even when you were in school from when, like, again, I was born in the seventies. So, you know, my, my high school life was much different. Like we actually had to grind our own pencils. Kids today wouldn't even know what to do. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, so I had to walk ten miles in the snow. Damn it! Back in my day, pal. <laughs> um, shout out to the good bird Nick from the UK. He just chimed in. He said, "This music chat is making me feel old. I own most of this on cassette tape." <laughs> right? It's exactly. And it's crazy, Nick, dude. I love you. And it's funny, dude, because it's like so for us. It's like it's it's like yeah, of course they're from Seattle, but there is there's that like just even ten or fifteen. It's really ten a ten year difference. And you weren't, you weren't old enough to really grasp that Seattle sound, you know, you might've been three or four years old, you know what I mean? Versus like how, how we grew up with it. And when we were like 13, 14, you know, 15, whatever. And you, it's just to live in that moment. It was nothing. It was still my favorite little era. I think of life. Right. Um, at least from a music standpoint, maybe, I don't know. Father. You guys know I've come up with the term Nimrods over the years uh, since doing these type of shows. And um, we, we can have another Slayer to the le- uh, the list of Seth Rollins. We have the King Slayer. We got the Beast Slayer. Now we have the Nimrod Slayer. We're going to get into that in a little bit. 
but I did want to get, I wanted to start off the show talking about stopping grounds. I really have no updates as far as like uh, New Japan's concern. I know that the G1 starting a week from this Saturday, which is pretty cool. Uh, by the way, I know uh, next week will be the 4th of July, so we're probably not going to be having a show next week. I just want to let you guys know in advance while you're listening to this. Word? I'm finding that out in real time. Hell yeah. A week off? <laughs> Woo! Not, listen, I, I love you guys, but this kid needs a day off. <laughs> he needs a couple hours. <laughs> Don't we all, right? <laughs> uh, you'll find out one day because <laughs> you got the hustle that's what i mean so you'll know what you'll know what it's like to, to work from morning to night the nine to fivers don't they don't get it the grind don't stop baby nope. yes sir um all right brother what what did you think about the pay-per-view on sunday before we get oh, to rapids and all that stuff i mean we're, I, I don't know I, overall thoughts i thought it was cool you know i don't think it was anything that like i, I don't know what you know um, I just saw a lot of people like groaning and moaning online. And listen, this is one thing I do agree with Derek about. Like, you know, I thought it was fantastic. And, and I'm, I'm such an, I, two people I didn't think about. And, and I'm, I, I'm very regretful for not being able to like bring it up on the show last week. But, um, Graves is somebody that I, I thought about like right before the show. Like, oh, wait a minute. Like, what if he could have been a special we guy? We talked right? about that. You know, we, me and you talked about that real quick. But that would have been cool to kind of like tie him in there. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side of it, the, I, I, the the fact that I just didn't even think about Lacey Evans shows like how I don't you know, I don't want to say of a casual fan I've become and and I'm not down talking WWE because they're you know it's just it's I watch it as a show not it's not like I'm constantly like researching all this stuff and you know so well, it was a nice surprise and it was a good pop and it, and it does make sense absolutely well we're wrestling fans we're not fans of the business I guess you know. Well, I, am, I actually am. Fan of the, I'm a fan of the business side. I'll admit, I, because I've been in business my entire life. I, I do. Um, I, I'll admit, like I'm very. And we'll talk about Heyman and, and Bischoff later. But the, this is what makes it exciting for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm the guy that like I, I think storyline is 75 percent of every is every feud. Like I, I honestly don't think it's the match. It's the story that you're telling, and that's told before the match. You know, the match is just the, the finale. Um, but that's, that's, you know, neither here nor there. There's different stuff to talk about. All right. Really quick for me. Um, first of all, I want to send a special shout out to, um, young lady that I got to spend some time with this past weekend in Orlando. Her name's Lauren. Um, uh, blessed to, uh, get to meet her family this weekend, which was cool. Um, her mom made me dinner on Sunday to watch the pay with her, which was a pretty cool experience. I met this girl a couple years ago. <laughs> And uh, she's a big wrestling fan. By the way, ironic, a big CM Punk mark, too, which will probably upset Derrico. <laughs> uh, Derek knows who I'm talking about. Um, and I'm watching the pay-per-view with her. And here's the cool thing. And I, I reminded her while I was down there, I was like, the, you know the greatest part about the WWE Network? You never have to watch anything live. You could put it on at any time. Yeah. Uh, there's... Uh, if you're crammed in traffic or if you had a family event and you feel like you have to rush home, like it's 2005 and you want to watch them like, it, Oh, I, I remember like I was in, let's see, 2005, I was in fifth grade and I was like, damn, I have to rush home to go see ECW one night stand 2005. Right. I'm just making an example. Right now that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't have to happen. <laughs> and, um, I think it's cool. So we started watching the pay-per-view about, like, I don't know, an hour or two after it went live. A uh, couple, ta- couple thoughts really quick. First off, the Cruiserweight title match 
with Tazawa, Drew Gulak, and Tony Nese was fucking awesome. It was so good. It uh, was amazingly good. Uh, that that match uh, uh, put my, my typing fingers to the test, man. They were going really fast. Some of the uh, spots into the turnbuckles were nasty. Um, Gulak. Uh, now, the guy's always been known as the submission guy, and he wins with the torture rack neckbreaker. And uh, by the way, Vic Joseph and Nigel McGinnis, the, just the entire 205 Live commentary team, I like that squad. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought they did a good job calling that match as well. And it was cool to see the audience be involved in that as well at the in the kickoff show. So, yeah, I get it. The 205 Live guys were on the kickoff show again, but I thought they had one of the best matches on the show. No, absolutely. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. Um, I think anybody that watched that uh, is going to say the same thing. You know, I mean, this is one that if you if you're and the shame of it is that is that it was placed on the pre-show, and I understand why it was. You know, uh, I think we all understand that, but um, it's just a shame that it had to be because more eyes should have been on this match. And this is where you know I agree with you a lot that you know there should be more eyes on two of five live. Um, I get why they're not putting it on networks, and I get why it's a, a, a you know a WWE network exclusive versus putting you know you know trying to get an outlet like Fox or, or USA or yeah. Sci-Fi or whatever you know. But um, man, I wish more people would have saw this. You know that this is one that it could have it could have really jump started the show in that in that number one slot you know and really got the crowd a little bit hyped up at the beginning there I'm not saying that uh, you know that the crowd wasn't decent i actually thought the crowd was pretty good all night um so you know um, back to you for a sec all right um a couple other things from the show that really stood out to me like um we had we had both of the women's uh title matches alexa bliss against bailey and then you had um Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch starting off the show. I know a lot of people were crapping on Lacey Evans a couple weeks ago for her match with Charlotte on Raw, which was didn't have a lot of great reviews. But I thought Lacey did a really good job in the match, despite her losing and stuff like that. I, I do have to say this really quick, and I, I don't know if Adam will hear this in the background, but like, Becky, you have to stop with the Kill Bill stuff. It's not WrestleMania anymore, please. I think I think it looks cool on her. I don't mind her trying to be Kill Bill, uh, but we every show, every show. I don't know. WrestleMania was back in April. It's going to be July next week. Let, let's let's move on from the Kill Bill outfits. Um, secondly, I thought Alexa and Bailey had a really good match. Uh, it was in the middle of the show. I think it was after one of the main matches in the show, so the crowd was kind of quiet at times. But I thought her, uh, uh, Bailey, and Nikki Cross did a very good job. I'm very biased. I'm a big Alexa Bliss fan, and I'm just biased in that way sometimes. Um, oh, by the way, shout out to Nick Ricker. He said, um, someone should tell Kenny Omega the network isn't live. He seemed pissed yesterday. His tweet was stupid, by the way. Uh, he's making reference to Kenny Omega saying that with WWE making the announcement that Evolve, by the way, which is not a WWE product, Evolve's 10th anniversary will be streamed live on the network the same day as Fight for the Fallen. And Kenny Omega decided to make it and turn around into an AEW narrative, saying that, oh, competition's mad, and they're going to put their own product ahead of a charity show. Hey folks, I'm gonna I'm gonna be watching that both of those shows that same night, and it's really not a big deal. And like I was just saying five minutes ago, you can watch the network anytime that you want, literally anytime you want. So I don't know how Evolve's tenth anniversary affects Fight for the Fallen. 
By the way, you could watch Bleacher Report live anytime you want. So, Kenny, I love you, dude. I get it that you're uh, – and this is going to linger on to the Seth Rollins stuff, but, like, like let, let's understand we're, we're talking about OTT networks, and you can watch it anytime you want. I, I really don't think a Vol's 10th anniversary is going to have any impact on what AEW Fight for Fallen is. Um, I, I just don't think that's the case. So uh, back to the pay-per-view. Box, yes, I definitely agree with you. Yes. Hold uh, on. Let me, let, me, let me get something real quick. Go ahead, bro. Now, that, now that I'm back. I'm sorry. I've seen ghosts. It's the strangest thing sometimes, man. I swear to God, a couple times a week, I swear I see a ghost. But... Um, <laughs> So here, so here's the thing. First, I wanted to back up to the the Becky Lynch Kill Bill outfit. Yeah. Um. Let me ask this question, man. Do you tell Steve Austin to get rid of the jean shorts and, and knee pads, and you know what I mean? Do you tell Punk to not do its clobber in time? Do you tell? Yeah. You know, I, I love it or hate it. Um. I think right now, while she's running with the man gimmick, she, I mean, that's the character she's well, portraying herself it, as. Does it, it's not the gear that she's wearing; it's the colors. I guess maybe that's why I keep th- thinking of Kill Bill. Well, no, no. She said it was after after uh, the 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 bride in Kill Bill. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was it's one hundred percent. It's it's she's paying homage. You know, is the is the um is from the bride from Kill Bill, Uma Thurman's character, and I, I, that's what I totally dig about it. Like before I found out about that, that's one thing that uh, my daughter and I were always like, kind of like like really, really, really dug about it. And, and I, it fit her character so well because like she says on her, on her documentary, it was like she was coming back to, you know, avenge everybody that kind of got her. Right. Um, so I think while she's still running with this character and plus, let's face it, it's a, it's a cool outfit. You, you don't like the color scheme. Yeah. You don't, you just don't like black and gold together or black and yellow or like however you want to look at it because you don't like Undisputed Era's colors. I don't you like know, the song. I like Undisputed Era. Let's not. Let's you not, know, you like Undisputed Era, but you don't like their color scheme. Yeah. We've talked about it. You don't like their, it's, it's the black and gold, and that's, that's your holdback. So that's, I'm going to call you. I got to call, keep it 100 on that one. Um, because her Kill Bill outfit is on point, and it's awesome. And anytime you can pay homage to not only other forms of cinema, but strong female leads, you know what I mean? Like somebody that's just an ass kiss, uh, yeah, cast kisser, ass kicker that, you know, was just kicking ass, taking names, knew she had a mission and it was really just one mission, you know? Um, I, I, because I do think in the future, once she drops, uh, the, the, uh, raw championship, I think eventually then we start to see her a, a little bit different, you know? And I mean, she's still going to be the, I, I truly believe this will be her going forward, but we'll start to see just little differences in her, you know, um, especially once they hopefully go into a feud uh, or some sort of program with, uh, with Beth Phoenix and, and edge, however they can make it work, man. Like even if edge and, and Rollins just have to be in the corners, you know, um, or maybe edges special guest referee or something like, you know, however they, they can make it work. I feel like, you know, it'd be cool. So, um, yeah. I don't know, but there's that, um, um, what did I miss that Nick said? Cause I want to make sure I, well, um, Nick said that he didn't hate Lacey as a rep, but I don't think that they should have pushed the idea that it could be someone bigger. Uh, the only thing I'll say is that they do that a lot when it comes to like surprises or who's, who's it going to be. Uh, they've done that. I remember when we, I think uh, the first show we started doing the shows together was Raw 25, right? You remember yep. that? Yep. And everybody was wide that they didn't get the surprises that they want. Like that, that's very um, fluid in ways. Those, I, those type of situations can fit the storyline like Lacey Evans did. 
or you can have somebody that comes out of nowhere and changes everything, you know? Right. Like, I brought I brought the idea of AJ Styles being a special guest referee, and it, they could actually have that whole Bullet Club thing because AJ has history with Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins, and I thought that would have worked. But, you know, I, just because AJ didn't come out mean I had to trash the entire match or whatever. I I, I thought it was kind of clever from a trolling point of view. It was great. Yeah, I know. I, came I, out. <laughs> actually, and you know what got me about it is that I and, – and, and I'm not saying it would work every time because, like, sometimes they do stuff and it's like, okay, really? Like, you know, but I'll admit this one, I'll, I – it's one of those things where it's it's so obvious we all should have seen it coming, to be quite honest. Right. You know? And for how much they've been playing in the Becky and Seth's relationship, um, which is, I think that's totally cool that they're doing that too. I think it's, it's, it is kind of cool. Um, but being able to, to play into said relationship then, you know what I mean? Like it just, it was able to give them that extra, that extra tool in their toolbox that if they needed to use it, they could. And they, I think they saved it for the right time, you know? Um, and we all knew Becky was coming out at the end. It wasn't going to be like any surprise that Becky wasn't going to save her man. Then I like that Rollins is the man's man, by the way. Like, you know what I mean? Like this, it's just the way that they're playing off of all this. I think the reservation with Lacey Evans right now, Josh, and, and I understand it. I'm, I'm not, I, 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 you know how I am and I let them do their thing. I'm, 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 I'm at home on a couch. Well, so you can think for yourself. Right, right. You well, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm at home on a couch, so I'm like, you know. But at the same time, I do kind of understand maybe some of the criticisms of Lacey Evans. Um, that's all. That you know what I mean. I just there's something that isn't clicking yet with me. And it, and again, it's not even that like it's it's heat. It's there's there's indifference setting in. Um, I thought they saved that match. I thought the first half of the match was atrocious and it wasn't the performer's fault you know it just it was too much of you know and then once they once they finalized it so it was like no disqualification they could really start picking stuff up then it got you know i mean but that's when you're t- when you have a, a 30 minute block 40 minute block maybe whatever um uh, it's just it should it shouldn't rely on just the last 10 minutes you know and the same goes for movies there's movies that are three hours long and it's like you're waiting for the very end and it's like and it's and night shaman and it doesn't make any sense and it's there's like tractors running over people and you just want to like regret that you even bought the ticket sorry uh, flashback let, let me bring this full circle and i think they're <laughs> i think they're uh, brought this really really good like if you think about it it really really mattered who have been the guest referee people have been pissed about it that's where we are with the shows these days yeah no matter what it's criticisms you know that's all you're going to see is 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 the criticisms of it you know um, um Really quick, other stuff from the pay-per-view. I agree with what Derek said. Uh, the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, New Day match was really good. I like mm-hmm. that. Uh, Roman and McIntyre was uh, pretty good, too, actually. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to remember my fair spot of that match. There was a couple. I'll, I'll say this, man. I'm very happy for Drew McIntyre, for him to be – no matter how you feel about Roman Reigns, for McIntyre to have that type of slot on the pay-per-view with, like, a guy that's in the position Roman Reigns is or Shane McMahon character-wise, that's – everybody's talking about, oh, Roman needs the rub for this and that. Actually, McIntyre is getting the rub out of anybody – in this feud right now. And that's why I've been enjoying the stuff of Roman Reigns and Jamie McMahon. Because, okay, yes, McIntyre didn't beat Roman, but he wasn't made to look like an idiot at the same time. So, right. like, McIntyre's stock hasn't been affected by feuding with Roman Reigns. If anything, I think it's helped it grow even after he had that little tag team with Dolph Ziggler last year. So that's my thoughts on it. 
Well, no, I mean, that's just, and see, that's the rub that the casual fan hates, right? Like, it used to be like, if you were in a match with Cena for Cena's Open Challenge, even if you lost, that was your chance. You know what I mean? That was your chance not only with the casual audience, the the, the diehard audience, Vince, because apparently he's his own audience. Um, and I'm going to make those. That's right, pal. You know, um, but, you know, it, it it's one of those where, love him, hate him, you're right. You know, Roman Reigns is that guy now that still is going to be looked at as an attraction regardless of where he's at on the card. So if, you, if you're if you looking to get to that next level, and I think I think Drew McIntyre is not, you know, I hate, and I hate that I'm ripping Derek's line here, but Drew McIntyre will absolutely hold a world championship. There, I mean, there's no questioning that. Yes. You know? um, and, but, you know, he and look at the route he, he took again, you know, leaving, coming back. And kind of just coming back with a whole new mindset um, sometimes makes you know makes all the world a difference. And uh, he's he's been one of their most consistent, I would say, in the men's division easily over the past year in the top five most consistent performers. Like period, you know what I mean? And I mean I, he's one of the there there. I, I will admit there's a I, I I think it's fair to say that we can there's a lot of criticisms that we could make about about some things with WWE right now. Not everything. It's not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. Um, but there, I do feel like there's some things that aren't also they they, they could be better. Um, but he's been one of the absolute bright spots on the men's side. Yeah. Well, I want to get your thoughts on it uh, once we're done with this uh, part of the show. Like, yeah. Um, let me say this, uh, and I want to give a shout out to Dave LaGreca from Busted Open because there's this ongoing debate on Twitter about what type of heat Baron Corbin offers. And Chris Jericho said uh, on his podcast last week that Baron Corbin's not ready uh, for title shots and this and that. And I'm a Jericho guy. I love the guy. I'm not going to come on here and trash him or whatever. But uh, this whole thing about go-away heat and uh, not-ready heat or whatever heat, whatever the fuck you want to call it, <laughs> at the end of the day, are you talking about Bear Corbin or not? Like like me? I, I mean, I like Corbin. I talk about it in general. I'm not saying <laughs> I do. You. Don't bring me into this, man. <laughs> I don't need that again. My God, I love the dude. Um. No, I, I, my, bigger, my bigger point is this, and I thought Dave had a good point. On WWE, on Raw and SmackDown, nobody gets a more genuine dislike on the show than Baron Corbin. Right. Nobody. Right. <laughs> and why should he be punished for that? And why are we still doing this thing in 2019? Because, oh, he's not ready. He doesn't deserve because he wasn't in the indies or whatever. Like, come on. I, well, I think that's a bad argument. Yeah, I'll never subscribe to it's that. It's a lazy uh, argument. Oh, see, yeah, okay. If that's dictating the argument, then I don't I don't agree with that whatsoever, you know. Um, I, and, and listen, again, most of the – 99% of the people that are criticizing Baron Corbin are sitting on their couch somewhere, you know. Um, so I don't – you know – or, or Lacey Evans or, or whatever, you know, um, Lacey Evans would knock me out. So, I mean, you know, what's a, who am I to criticize her? Um, <laughs> but I will admit there, there were some spots in that match where she didn't look good. Like timing was way off. Like, you know, like Becky's having to yell moves at her just so, you know, it, it just, we can say that for a lot of performers though. Agreed. And you know, and, and, in fairness too, let's, let's, we, we have to consider another thing too. Once they, and I know it's, this is like years down the line now, but once they did make that switch to HD and HD has progressively gotten better and better and better down to the point yeah. that you can, you can like see sweat on sweat on sweat, you know, like the weird commercials, but, um, you know, so we're going to, we're going to see more, you know, we're going to, it's, it would just be like sitting in the first or second row and, 
guess what, guys? We'd hear a lot from a lot of performers, you know? Yeah, I always see this. Like, it's, it's, I, I, there's a, a front row in the upper deck section of the Rosemont Horizon that you guys got to see at Buddy the Bank that I was there for the Buddy the Bank. Uh, yeah, we were sitting there. Theater. Amazing. It's a great view of the ring. And here's my thing, especially those in the arena or people watching on the network, maybe just this is how I feel. I don't know if I want to be as close to the ring <laughs> and get that view. Like, okay, it's cool. You're up a bit close to your favorite superstars and this and that. You can hear the bumps in the ring and this and that. But uh, to hear spots or notice little mistakes and over analyzing what you're actually watching, that's the aspect I wouldn't want if I was like in that front row section or like, it, like you're mentioned with the HD uh, stuff. Now it's right. like, you can notice everything. How, how many times do you hear on the show about John Cena calling out spots and well, stuff? You know what I mean? Listen, uh, it's like this. In the NFL, they're voting, they're voting on every play, right? It's that type of stuff in wrestling that I don't care about. Yeah, it doesn't. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm not going to say it doesn't have to be. It, it, I actually like sometimes when wrestling isn't like 100% squeaky clean. Like I like when it looks a little more gritty, like some things, you know, because listen, in, in a real, you know, quote unquote, in a real fight, not every move is going to come off as like acrobatically perfect and everything, you know. So obviously from a safety standpoint, you don't want to see anything go, you know, go wrong. But but, but you know, I just, I don't know, man. I think it's just because this is that time of year where they try different things. Um, they and, and it's, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with starting with a, a new superstar. I think a lot of it, has to, Josh, has to do with Lacey Evans really wasn't pushed that much in NXT, really, right? I mean, she was another one that was more like an Elias or an Alexa Bliss that, that was going to be more of the main roster kind of talent. Or, or, or did I miss something? No, I, she she was rarely used on the show. I thought was, I thought it was actually a flaw of NXT because okay. I I actually enjoyed the premise of what her character was, and she had some pretty good matches in NXT. And again, we all know how it is with different environments making one transition to that's just like if you're a minor league baseball player or whatever. Night and day, like you, it's it's night and day, and you know you're gonna nobody's expecting a polished product right off the bat. And, and that's the thing. I think that instead of, and I'll admit, like, it's easy to criticize because that's the fun thing to do right now because AEW is going on strong. There's other avenues out there. It's the best time at probably ever for professional wrestling because there's seriously an outlet for any kind of style that you like. Yeah. And everybody wants to go after the big boy because they want to see the big boy fall. And instead well, of just yeah, wanting you, everybody to be better. The funny thing right? about that, people want the big boy to fall. And we are talking about this last week, right? About, like, responding to people going after you, this and that. Like, it's it's okay for, like, AEW and the guys in New Japan to call out WWE guys because they have writers and this and that. But they get offended when they respond back. And I love the back and forth. Listen, I, and well, get, getting back to Lacey Evans real quick, the point yeah, I was going to make was, was I actually, I do think, and I'm not, I don't want to like down talk, just because I said I'm indifferent to her right now. I actually do think that there's uh, such an immense upside with her that she's going to be a superstar, you know, when, when it, it and when I don't want to see when she figures it out, but cause she's always, again, knows more about it than I'll, than I'll ever know. But the point is, is that you can just tell there's, there, you know, there's other people not only that the fans have invested in and invested money in because that's always a big play. But like Nikki Cross, we need more. 
uh, Ruby's not yet injured, you know, but what, what the hell happened to the rest of the Riot squad? You know, uh, there was, you were building up superstars and all of a sudden you kind of took all of them away. You were having us fall in love and or hate these superstars. And then all of a sudden it, it was kind of like a quick bait and switch of like, we're instantly throwing her in into the title picture when I feel as though maybe like Ember Moon even still like, you know, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm like, there's, I'm forgetting people because there's so many other women that I, that we're, we all have, we're all so, I don't want to say we all, but we're, we're, there's enough of us that are engaged in that we want to see something happen with them. You know, we're like Oscar right now. Really? Well, I think, I think there'd be more validity to that if uh, Lacey beat Becky at Mind the Bank right off the bat, you know? No, I agree with that because I don't think she's winning the title at all. This is just more of a litmus test. Here's the thing, and I could correlate this to Baron Corbin. A lot of people were having similar. A lot, a lot of people are having similar complaints from what Bear Corbin's having these house shots to what Jinder Mahal did last summer as WWE champion. Not only just because the whole racial thing and the whole thing, and I understand that part of it, but um, there's aspects of Arab life that there's somebody at your job that you don't like, but that person is good at what they do, and you're going to look down on them for either jealousy or you can't accept the fact that that person may be better to you and what you're doing. And I, I, I think that's the case a lot with Barry Corbin. I do. Well, and it's, <laughs> the, guy, the guy is good at what he does, but you're going to cherry pick any little thing that could validate your opinion on him. And I, I, I just don't think it's cool. <laughs> no, I, what's wrong with giving credit where credits due? I'm not yeah. saying that Barry Corbin's the best wrestler in the world or anything like that, but let's not act like he's a bum. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, well, I never said that. Yeah, I was, I was talking more about Lacey. No, I actually, I'm totally digging the, the Rollins, uh, the Rollins Corbin feud right now. Um, and I do think it's, and it shows like, again, that everybody takes the Baron Corbin character for a fool, right? But like you said, like, and, and, and like, you know, Derek said, and like, you know, I'm sure a lot of us said, you know, the Lacey Evans move wasn't, again, it maybe it wasn't everyone's favorite move, but it was, it was grimy and it was slimy and that's supposed to be what Baron Corbin is, right? So it, it kind of, it was, it was, I don't know. I, I thought it was, I thought it was cool. And I'll, maybe this is just, you know, whatever. But I do think that it was funny that she went for the low blow and that's what triggered Becky Lynch. It was like, whatever, she can keep going. And then it gets brought up on social media that like, that's why Becky's just like, once you basically, once you go after his balls, then you're in your mind. I just, I'll, I'll admit, I, I, I dig what, what they're doing with all this kind of stuff. Um, I, I do like Baron Corbin. I'm still, again, I'm kind of indifferent still on Lacey Evans. Um, some weeks she rose on me. I just, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm very, I'm very indifferent on her. We'll say that. Um, otherwise though, I do think the story itself was good. You know, I actually think the execution was good. There's a, again, there's a lot that we could probably could be, and, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the two big signings that WWE had. Um, I think there there are some very fair criticisms of character development and and storylines not really continuing or like or at least feeling so choppy that you can't you don't know which way you're going. Um, but I don't think this is one of them. You know what I mean? I actually do feel like this is one that they're they're telling a very nice story with these four with these four individuals. Yeah. Um, all right, really quick, bro. What do you want to start off with first? Seth Rollins and Twitter or Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff today? Like, Ooh, what do you want to start off first? Man, that's a good one. Um, I mean, Rollins is my guy, but I'm, I'm, I'm like a Heyman and Bischoff guy too. So it's, this is, this one's hard for me. Um, let's start with Rollins. Cause I want to get to, to, we'll get to Heyman and Bischoff later on. 
there's a pro, uh, there's an interview that Seth Rollins did with um, Sports Illustrated. Um, no, was it Sports Illustrated? Yes, uh, Jimmy Trania, uh, the guy from Sports Illustrated, interviewed Seth Rollins on his podcast. You guys gonna hear that towards the end of the show this week, and um, talking about why he's been kind of lashing out on people on Twitter and Rollins <coughs> uh, t- hashtag Team WWE thing and. Um, you know, I saw this on Twitter, especially after the pay-per-view was over and Rollins was like doubling down on what he said beforehand, right? And it's like, look, <laughs> everybody could say what they want. And like, here's the funny thing. Anytime somebody says anything that's pro WWE while they're working there, oh, it's just chill or they want to not rock the boat so they can get a higher spot. I think anybody that knows Seth Rollins' story and how um, problematic he was in NXT before the Shield was a thing, if you guys watched his story and the relationship he had with Triple H, I, I think Seth has been very genuine with with everything he said so far in his interviews. Do whether you or I agree with what everything he said, that's subjective. But I think Ross has been genuine with everything he said and every response or anybody that's tried to debunk anything that he said. And I'm not saying that he's right or wrong. It's just his opinion. But, again, we get to the situation as wrestling fans that, okay, let's, let's try to bring down the big machine to uplift the uh, underground promotions. And then the, we'll talk all this ish. And then when once one of the main guys, by the way, the guy who's a universal champion is speaking up for the company, it's a problem. So, again, selective bitching or selective uh, playing favorites is stuff that I don't understand about this society, and it's fucking annoying. It really is. And, and, any, and if anything, it's embarrassing, to be honest with you. Honestly, can I just say this? Go ahead, brother. Isn't this what's what kind of makes it fun? And, and listen, I'm not saying it like 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 everybody should be going on like it, but let's just let's call it like it is, man. These are all different teams now. There, yes, they all put on shows, and there's rivals within the shows and in the matches and whatever you know. But th- right now, we kind of have like they are kind of built in teams where you have your alternative if you want it. Um, there's always Ring of Honor. There's always you know New Japan Pro. You have WWE. Excuse me. You guys know how they're all, um, you know, if, if you're if you're a talent, you know how all these organizations worldwide, if you want to stay on the independent scene like Joey Ryan's doing, you know where your niche is. And I think it's great that not only are, you, are, are people being uh, vocal on why they love their company or why they felt pigeonholed in a company or why they feel as though they could succeed in a company uh, that others can't. Um, because this is, dude, this is like, you know, I, I know you want to keep talking football. This is like Bears Raiders, like, to, you know, smack talk. That's, I think that's healthy. This is healthy competition because it wants people to go out and make stomping grounds, which title didn't bother me. Um, it did look like some lugs boots though from like, you know, it looked like it was sponsored by lugs and I, that, I didn't like that aspect <laughs> of it, but, um, but, but, you know, but that made the, the men and women on that card want to, that pay-per-view to stand out. You know, it, it's making them now they're only limited in what they can do. And we know that's the unfortunate side of it, but I think that the, the signing of, well, we'll get to that later on, but, um, 
even when you, you, you see Graves put a tweet out there that says, got, you know, I just got, it's 5 a.m., just got home. Believe me, we're trying. They, they recognize that there's an issue. And, and, and you know, and this is, I've said it, you know, for a couple of weeks now. I, and I, I do think the women's division could be a little better than what it is, but I think the women's division is great. I think that um, the 24 7 title is great. But right now, I mean, I'm, I'm watching WWE for the women's division, and I'm watching, a, you know, I'm seeing what I can for AEW for the men's division. And I want every company to succeed. So if they're, whatever the problem is, I think Josh, and I'm not, I'm not going to be one of those guys that say they got to totally get rid of events and do all this. No, that's, you're never going to reinvent the wheel. It's just sometimes the wheel needs to be shifted slightly to the right or left to, to meet the market needs. And right now the market needs aren't PP jokes, man. Like it's just, it's just not. And for Vince, and seriously, Josh, let's think about how many moments in the past year have we've had some really hardcore eye roll moments. I'm not going to, like, the Usos ones I thought were funny. I'm not going to, like, bash those ones. But, like, Drake Maverick having to piss himself, come on, man. That, that's, that is, the, that's when you're at the bottom of, like, I have nowhere else to go. Like, it's like the last fish that you hope is, like, it's the last goldfish at the carnival that you hope is still isn't floating yet. <laughs> well, uh, here's my thing, and I, I want to reference this to what Kurt Angle said because he was not um, – Busted Open today. I know I've been mentioning Busted Open a lot, but it's a good show. Um, it, oh, had, great. it had something for everybody from a wrestler's perspective and a fan uh, perspective. Uh, their shows are now on Apple Podcasts. You guys could go check that out right now. Um, but Krangle was on the show today, and he was talking about how a lot of the WWE decision has to go through shareholders and the wants of these sponsors to have the show be for families and that uh, having it be a show for everybody. And he said back in the attitude era, it was easier to say things off the cuff and all this stuff. Cause you're catering to 18 and 34 year olds. And okay. I get it. A lot of people our age and grew up during the nineties or eighties era of wrestling are, don't have the time or the want for peeping jokes and this and that. But that's what we have with the WWE. That's not a full representation of what where the wrestling business is right now. And here's my thing when I look at what's going on right now. How I view WWE is the entire brand. No, I get that, yeah. If it's Monday Night Raw that's having a slump or something like this or that, okay, that's fine. I get my fix from men's wrestling, women's wrestling, whatever it is from many different companies – and I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we only bog down what really is going on with WWE based only on Raw and SmackDown because NXT UK kills it every week. Uh, 205 Live kills it every week. Everybody drools over these takeovers. Um, I think the the main roster pay-per-views, the, no matter what the name of it is or whatever, they mostly deliver. And we were just talking about uh, how decent and pretty good Stomping Grounds was. So... Um, my thing is, I like to for people to understand that WWE as the business and the company is more focused on the brand than okay. Here's WWE, and our only show is Raw. For example, AEW and the name of whatever their show is going to be in the fall. That's the only thing people are going to focus about, and that's the only content that AEW is going to deliver. So WWE is getting punished because people still have that mindset that we're watching one show 
from one company, and Monday Night Raw represents everything that's either right or wrong about the WWE, and that's not the case. Well, well you know what? I, I, I will say this. Here, here's the one thing, and, and this is where I would, I would kind of be cautious. And I, and, and I'm not talking to you, Josh, but I mean, just anybody that is always brand, brand, brand first. When a company realizes that its brand recognition is going to carry them no matter what, they get lazy. And I think what happens, look at any, well, you, I'm sorry. you can call it lazy from a content point of view, but if you're still making money, it's not affecting their business. Well, right. I understand that, but that's where I hate to bring it up. That's where CM Punk said Vince McMahon's a millionaire that should be a billionaire. He's only, he's, he's doing it for that. If that, if that truly is a case, Josh, then it is an audience of one. It is for Vince McMahon only because, and, and here's why I say that it was, this is going to be my second point. I think that if, and I, my nine-year-old, when they were doing the Drake Mavericks stuff, was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. She was like, I wouldn't have laughed at this when I was five years old. But this is my nine-year-old, right? Yeah. Kid, a nine-years-old in 2019 is not nine-years-old in 1989. The reason why I say that, you know, and I'm not saying what, what I, where I think that Vince, Vince is starting to get like Al Davis. He needs someone to tell him, like, listen, you're wrong, because he's like now the great-grandfather that still, still thinks he can tell a joke about Eisenhower, and it's going to connect with, like, his 10-year-old. You know what I mean? Like, like, I don't even know who Dwight Eisenhower is. Like, that's what my daughter would say. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know who you're talking about. So it's kind of like... There's there there is a disconnect. I even think with their their targeting with youth. When it comes to merchandise, absolutely not. When it comes to you know, so granted, yeah, they're like Disney. They're taking people to the cleaners, but they are judged. I believe on you know if if you're looking at brand, they're not delivering on the two most important I would argue facets of their brand, and that is their television shows, Raw and SmackDown. And I don't think that they're not trying. I don't think that they're not focusing. What I what I think the problem is is that Vince knows that no matter what he puts on, the stock's going to go up because people are still going to buy the merch and people, you know, because everybody that complains still watches and still tweets and still does all this yeah, stuff. Well, and yeah, they know that. Yeah, you're making my point, though. People are still talking about it. <laughs> but that doesn't get... But that but doesn't, we, can't, we can't say they're, they're struggling because of ratings because how many times... Oh, let, let's pull up the Patriot Act show that you brought up to me on Netflix right. last Absolutely. week. Yeah, and yeah, that debunks cool. everything that we know about ratings. Yeah, no, the ratings are a television cool. product cannot be struggling if it's still in the top five every single week, but it's continuing to lose viewers. You know why? Because people are not required to sit on their ass in a certain time to watch a show. Let me ask like, you this question. <laughs> unless it's a sporting fan. Honestly, besides sports and uh, one rare show that, that that clicks to people like a Gotham or Breaking Bad or Game Thrones, mm-hmm. what about television these days that's that must-see that you have to be on your ass at a certain time to watch it? Here would be my only – because I agree with that, but here would be – especially, dude, you know me. I don't watch TV ever. On, on I don't things, either. <laughs> Raider games, that's it. Like, other than that, it's – on my, you know, it's, it fits into my schedule. I don't fit into their schedule. But I, I would argue there's more talent in the WWE locker room and system right now than there has ever been. And I mean, like, like that locker room is has star power top to bottom. And I do feel as though there's they are there's some injustice to the to these athletes. And I'm I'm glad Rollins is going after people because because it's this started with Rollins more than anything else. I like seeing Rollins and, and a Jericho and 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 um, Tomatonga and cause I think it was Tomatonga, right? That was that was kind of that was dropping into a little bit. No, Will uh, Osprey. Uh, oh yeah, Osprey was in there too. I thought I thought Tama put something out about no, you, being the best wrestling no, in the world. Don't at me or something. 
No, he said that he wanted to. They, him, and his uh, brother want to have a match with the Usos. Oh, it'd be awesome! But they're family members, so they, yeah, right. He, he's right. been doing that for years, actually. <laughs> Come get the smoke. They have right, right, right. But so, so I mean, I guess my point is, is that this is the fun part about finally having, even if it doesn't end up panning out to be somewhat competition, it feels yeah. like it, right? And and dude, perception is reality. So I, dude, I totally agree with you. The, the mega fans are still going to pour money into the company, but perception is reality. And right now, if I'm a casual dude, I'll, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times, I, right, especially lately, Raw has been the background to me working. And there's been very few segments that I've, you know, I, I bring, keep bringing this up. There's been very few segments where I've actually had to stop, and be like, wait, I, I need to, I need to hear this. With the talent that they have, it should want us to watch. Like when during WrestleMania season. You know that, like, you want to watch Raw that night, right? Because you don't want to miss it. Because, like, something may happen. It's, you know, the talent that they, that they have right now, I'm not saying it could be at that level because WrestleMania isn't every month, obviously. But we should have, like, this, man, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. And I'm not going to lie, man. I don't have that right now. So something- For me personally, I don't know if I need I can't miss action in June. And that brings up the whole thing about should there be an off season and this and that. I don't know. I mean, I've been watching this stuff nonstop since 1998. I know when the time of the year there's going to be a slow period. And I know there's going to be times where they're going to heat things up for the bigger shows. So nothing that's going on right now surprises me, you know? (laughs) Right. No, no. I mean, it's almost a yearly conversation. And I'm not being – I'm not trying to be too overly critical on WWE either, you know, because I I do – I do think that they're doing some good things, but it's just right now, I don't, you know, they're, they dropped the ball. I don't want to say they dropped the ball. They're just, they, I mean, they've had to deal with injuries. You're right. They have to deal with shareholders. There, there is a lot more that they do have to deal with. I mean, it's just easy to point out what's going on in Raw SmackDown and not understand the factors that goes into producing that show in the first place. No, I, I get that. You have that type of content you, everybody wants out of AEW where Moxley and Joey Janelle are smoking cigarettes at each other and, and saying curse words every three seconds. That's drawing people in and all this stuff. That's cool. But you're not getting that on television. No, well, <laughs> but you know what, though? I think there's there's some – there is some validity in that. I think argument. a lot of people when it comes to AEW are being unrealistic to the things that they're going to have to face once they're on television. Or, Just because what you saw in w, Double or Nothing means that's what you're going to see on television each No, I, I agree with that. Listen, and that's, that's two totally different things. But I think a great comparison, though, is like it's really hard to mess up like, hey – Hey man, I don't like you. Hey man, I don't like you. Let's fight. All right. You know what I mean? Or attach a story to it or, you know, and, and I just, I think right now, man, like there's no, there's no storytelling. There's no real storytelling going on. Like I feel like on, they just show up on Monday nights or Tuesday nights and go, okay, so what are we going to do right now? You know? I don't know about that. I mean, look at Kofi Kingston's title reign. He, oh, well, he's I, the definition of that. And I think. Sometimes Kyle Taker's been like, okay, here's the guy that has a problem with me. We're gonna have a title match. Dolph Ziggler no, comes out of the blue after not being around for the last five months. He gets a title shot. Samoa Joe attacks him on Monday. It, it, there, there's their match for Extreme Rules. Well, I, I right, but Samoa Joe just bounced from title to title. Like for no, there's well, no, there's nothing other than Joe. That's, just, his, that's his character. But you're saying that there's no storylines about guys coming up and saying, "Oh, I don't like you," so we're gonna have a fight. What is Roman Reigns and Shane McMahon? 
Mm, I think it's deeper. I mean, it started that way, but now it's, it's turned into somewhat of a circus, right? With all the like other side things and, you know, stuff like that. Um, again, not, not handing on the storyline, but I think that there's some validity. What I, what I was going to say was there's some validity in sometimes less is more. And I feel as though they do overwrite promos and try to use very large vernacular and, and, and their, the verbiage is done in such a way so that it sounds so Shakespearean and dramatic and theatrical. When people want to just sometimes see somebody cutting a promo, someone's music hit and they just slug them in the face and it goes from there, you know? Well, I, I do think there is something with that that like when you see a Moxley promo right now and it's like, listen, I don't, you know, I haven't liked you for a while. I've been waiting to get back to this joint for just waiting to get out of myself so that I could be myself. Like something that basic sometimes is, is just magnified 30 fold. Whereas I, sometimes I do think they overshoot promos. I, I, just, I just don't think you're going to get a gritty WWE product. This is something that we've been watching for 20 years. And that's what makes the brand what it is. And, you know, if that's something that AEW wants to do something different or New Japan or any of these other companies, I think that's cool. I don't have a problem with that. But, again, let's understand what we're watching as opposed to what we want it to be. I, well, no, I get that. But I, I this is where I do think that it's – Enough people are finally and enough talent and enough. There's enough disgruntlement that people are. It, it's not, you know, Josh. It's not. I don't think it's just the fans. I do think that there's some people, and I'm not saying everybody because I think people are proud to say they work for WWE. People want WWE in there to succeed. I think. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't just from reports and what everybody says, and none of us know the real story on this. But I just. I. I do think that there. When when you're bringing in an Eric Bischoff who's I, I, I love Eric Bischoff. And when you're bringing in Paul Heyman and, and watching Alexa Bliss's uh, 365, when you can see Heyman, just the way that he was showing her the art of a promo and like kind of telling, you know, like showing her kind of like how she, man, the, the, the thought of them two guys kind of just being there to be that guy that maybe be like Vince, listen, there, there was just one, um, um, something just got uploaded a couple days ago. It's, um, uh, it's from inside the ropes, I believe maybe. And it was Paul Heyman talking about, um, in Chicago, when Punk didn't come out, it was Heyman that came out and how he had to shift the crowd because it was the hijack raw night. And basically he started the show with CM Punk's music and basically blamed Punk for, for, you know, and, and blamed the fans for Punk leaving and all that stuff. And then pulled Brock Lesnar out. And the way that he breaks that down and talks about how he had to pitch at the Vince and, you know, we're only getting part of the story, obviously, but it'll be nice. I, I do think Vince res- and who, who knows? I mean, how the hell do I know? But I do think there's probably a different respect level for Eric Bischoff and and Paul Heyman to where maybe Vince's ears might be a little more open. That's all. I think I think if there's there's a huge benefit in having both of them men come in um, to just say, listen, we understand what you want to do, Vince. Here's how we can make it 2019. Like I totally get it, Vince. You're right. But now let's let's modernize it. You know what I mean? So that it's the same story. It's the same thing. It's the same exact. Really, it's it's what Vince wants. But they're making it feel 2019 and not you know whenever whatever year you want to pick. Pick one. <laughs> well, what I, what I, with the news that came out today, I think they're doing that. So exactly, exactly right. So, Josh, let me ask this question: If it was just the fans being fickle, do you really think that they would go out and 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 sign these two gentlemen and put them in positions to where they could say, Vince, listen, you know, or or or, or whomever, or whatever writing team, or, or who who knows, but. I don't think this was done willy nilly. I mean, this was obviously done because both of them are creative geniuses and both of them are people that, uh, that athletes want to work with. 
I I think for me, I thought this was going to happen with Triple H taking more control uh, once the XFL relaunch was going to happen after the Super Bowl. Poor Triple H. I did too, man. So I I didn't think it was going to be particularly Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff doing this. But I thought as we got closer to this whole Fox transition that this was going to happen and Vince was going to take a step back. So... Now, so what are your thoughts, though, about... I looked at it. I didn't, think, I didn't think this was something that they made it because, oh, AEW's around or anything. I thought they were going to make this I don't, transition. I don't think it's an AEW thing, though, Josh. I think that I think they realize... I think, I'm not saying you, per se, but I think a lot of people are trying to make it out to be like that, though. Right, right, no, but I think from WWE's standpoint, I don't think it's an AEW thing. They know that they're still... Batista said it best. I mean, they're, they're still a lot... I mean, they have, WWE has so many, like, farming, like, systems all over the, all over the world. Not just the UK brands all over the world, but you know, their relationships with progress with evolve with, you know, all these other companies. So they, they have like, like, like the next really like the next 20 years in a way, kind of like planned out mapped out, you know, it's not like WWE is going anywhere. We don't want them to, we all want, you know, we want them to to obviously succeed. It's just, it's a, I, I do think that it's, you know, I don't, so I don't think, I don't, I don't think the argument should be because of AEW that, that I think is a very thin argument. Um, is AEW putting some pressure on them? Yeah. But I think so is New Japan. I think so is um, some of the smaller indies, you know. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of people now that would almost rather watch um, go to a local indie show um, than, you know, maybe in Pittsburgh, go go to uh, down here to IWC, uh, Labar's outfit down here, the inter, uh, Independent Wrestling Cartel. It's yes. a fantastic promotion, great wrestling, you know. I just, you know, I, I think that they are recognizing that there's a problem. Now, I'm not saying that there's competition or that there's this or there's that. Josh, that's not what I'm saying. I just think that they realize that it's been hard for the the performers to kind of get through some of this. You know what I mean? Like, they're doing it because it's their job, and they're doing the best that they can with it. And I'm not, again, I'm not trashing any talent, any writers, any owners. I'm not, you know, it's just that eventually, like, with the Raiders, man, eventually – you know, the, that run, run, deep ball, it doesn't work anymore. You know what I mean? Like, we have to try something different. <laughs> let, let me read this from Seth Rollins really quick. Um, you can only sit back and read people bashing something you love for so long and sit there and take it and try to take the high road, so to speak. I'm really proud of what I do every single week, not yeah. just on days, but every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, really. I'm real proud of what I do and what our crew does and the effort they put forward. I'm not just talking about the wrestlers, the guys, and the girls who you see out in the ring. I'm talking about everybody from creative all the way up to Vince McMahon. We put a ton of effort into making a product that I think is pretty dark good considering the amount of content we put out there. The fact that people want to sit on their little soapboxes and their little stupid social media machines and talk down about it really speaks values about the generation and where they're at and so i figured if somebody's gonna fight back it might as well be me since i'm the champion i consider myself the top guy in our company no and see i think it's awesome that he's doing that and i I do think it's awesome that in the one interview he you know he kind of not that he took a shot at moxley but he just kind of said you know i love you know it's he's my boy it's just this this company isn't made for everybody and that's the kind of the point that I was making a couple weeks ago. You know, WWE is more your listen. It, there's nothing wrong with th- th- this. Is the ultimate argument, Josh? Or this is the, this is ultimately what the argument is? This what this is doing is this is giving the this is the independent fan versus the WWE fan. This is the independent like the indie guy versus the WWE bread guy, and this is giving the indie guy a, a reason to go. Hey, go wrestle somewhere else, you know. And, and I'm not saying that that's right, wrong, indifferent, whatever. I mean, that's everyone's, enti- you know, that's that's their everyone's in, uh, opinion of what they like is best. 
But we know that if you go through WWE first, it, it's now more of a launching pad than it ever. It used to be the pinnacle where you'd want to end, right? Now you kind of want to get there to launch a career. Um, hell, Roman Reigns is now, you know, and I've made fun of it, but now I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to see that movie, that Hobbs and whatever. I don't know. The Fast and Furious 37. Um, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, sure. Um, but, you know, but, you know, you're, you're starting to see people like, you know, um, Luke Harper was, was, was a guest star or was like a guest star and like, I forget what TV show was, you know. So you, there's nothing. There's advantages to every, as much as you, people want to knock WWE, it opens so many doors. You know what I mean? And, and it's just, that's where Josh, I, 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 you know, even though I'm, I think that it could be improved a little bit because of the amount of talent they have. And I, and I, I, re- I really mean that. I don't, th- I don't think they've ever had more talent than they do right now, honestly. Um, which should make it must see every week. Like I shouldn't be excited about John Moxley and Joey Janela more than I am about most of the stomping grounds pay-per-view. You know what I mean? I, I just, I, I, I shouldn't be. And, and that's just my opinion. That's just my personal opinion. And I'll admit that was a bad one to pull out because that's not really the match I'm most well, I, 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 For me personally, I'm not thinking about other wrestling shows when I'm watching a different company. <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I don't think about, uh, let's see, I'm not thinking about Nas when I'm listening to Little Wayne or something. Right. No. Yeah. And that's a fair. That's also a very fair point too. Because and, then you're constant comparison. Like, we're crave. What we're craving at the end of the day is professional wrestling. It's not going anywhere. So you could watch whatever form of that is for your enjoyment. But again, you don't have to bring something down just to validate because you like a certain brand more. You know what's funny? And that's the thing, because i always been variety with music. I've never been just one thing and that's it. Right. And, and, right. Then, and I'm not just a WWE guy because I spent countless hours on all these other promotions. I mm-hmm. love wrestling in general. So the fans could try to make this a war and have fun with it on social media. Just for me per- personally – it's not going to change how I feel about the business because I'm going to watch professional wrestling where WWE's around or AEW's around. I don't care. I'm going to watch wrestling at the end of the day. So, Because you know what this actually reminds me of, Josh? And because people want it to be this way. And I'm looping. I'm going to – and I know – and everyone's going to kind of get on me about this. But I'm going to put WWE in all of its, you know, SmackDown Raw – NXT, NXT UK, everyone else that they work with on like one side, right? And then you take you take your New Japan Pro, AEW, Ring of Honor, uh, everybody else, and kind of put them on the other side. All we're really doing is we're comparing like NFL and AFL. So for those of you our international listeners, before there was just one like American Football League, uh, there was the NFL, which was the National Football League, and the AFL, which was the American Football League. And then in ni- in like the late '60s, they merged. Uh, and became one like one entity. That's why we have like two conferences and a Super Bowl, and why it's all weird to all you know. So if you guys don't follow the NFL, you guys have no idea what I'm talking about. But Josh, this really does remind me because it's it's two separate styles, right? The NFL was this gritty, slowed down, in your face kind of like slugfest, right? The AFL was high scoring. It was flash. It was you know it kind it, this this is kind of the argument. And and the the great part about this debate, Josh, is there is no wrong answer. There's no right answer. There's no wrong answer, you know? Right. And actually, that's why I like that not only are the performers kind of taking shots at each other, the fans, I'll admit, are taking it a little too far because they are picking sides and kind of just dying on that hill for no reason. You know what I mean? I, the, the whole thing about Twitter and the people that still act like they're in high school, even though they're like 40 or 50 years old, like, you need to get over yourself. It's like, bad. Let's see. 
that's the part of it that's embarrassing. And can we stop with animal filters, ladies? Come on, man. We're about to go. <laughs> can we just can we stop it? Ain't, ain't no man ever said, "Yo, you look sexy with like dog ears." You know what I mean? And if they if they did, eh. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show this week talking about uh, Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff um, uh, taking over Raw and SmackDown. But um, let, let's do a little preview for uh, Fighter Fest, which is coming up this Saturday. Yes. I'll be covering the show. This is from the Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, um, in uh, corporation with the CEO. Is that what it's called? The Gaming Expo that's going on? I believe so, yeah. All right. So, um, by the way, for those who want to watch the show, you can watch it for free on uh, Bleacher Report Live or BR Live if you want to make it shorter and easier for you to figure out. <laughs> it's all the what's same the, What's the start time on the show there, Josh? Uh, let me pull this up, actually. We come through with the details, baby. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, really quick, uh, I was going to say this. Uh, I thought... Uh, Bully Ray really brought this to full circle what, with what we were just talking about. Uh, when we talked about this in the past, people hate watch. They don't oh, absolutely. They and I agree with that totally too. hate watch. Yes. <laughs> and it's, I, I just, I don't get the point of it. It doesn't bother me. I just don't know what you're trying to get out of it. I've always wondered. I, I'm, I'm going to wake up and find reasons to be upset about something that I personally don't enjoy. Like, understand how stupid that sounds. Right. Right, like, like I always say, man, like, I don't every day go to, like, on my, when I listen to Google Music, right? Like, I don't go, man, I, I, I really want to start my day with something that I hate and then go straight to Nickelback and just pretend to, like, you know, and then just get through a couple songs to make me real mad, like, to start the morning and then go into something I like. Like, it's, right. you just don't do it. You just don't listen to Nickelback or, you know. So I, and, but I agree. I there's a lot of people that do hate watch and, and it's all it's and, and I, I think it comes from a good place. At least I'd like to think so. I'd like to think that it's from a place where people want it to be better and are hoping that it's going to be better. But like I've always said, Josh, as much as people hate watch and they hate watch and they criticize the product or they do this, that and the other thing, they still watch because what if they miss that moment? Right. There's always the, there's the fear of missing out. There's that. What if that next moment happens? And I'm right here. And I, and I, for some reason, didn't watch that week. So as much as people hate watch, that's why they hate watch, you know, and, and it, it gives them a feeling of, of superiority. But at the end of the day, um, it's it's really more of feeling of missing or the fear of missing out. All right. Um, the buy-in, 6.30 Central Time, which makes it 7.30 out in the East Coast. Cool. Fighter Fest starts at 8.30 Eastern on Oh, I like it. I like it. So a little late night wrestling action. I'm excited to cover that. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of cool uh, to get these different styles of wrestling. And this one, I think I I could like literally cover a, one brand of wrestling and have no problem with it without doing a bunch of research on moves. I get something like a show like this and I learn a new bunch of wrestlers. So it's, it's always fun to do these type of shows. I think what's going to be fun about this show too, Josh, is this will at least, well, we're not doing a show next week, but it's going to be able to give us a better conversation to talk about when we're, when people want to, and not that you and I are comparing WWE and AEW, um, but the people that want them both to be equals right now, well, now you're going to kind of see a B, 
you know, a quote unquote, what would be a B pay-per-view, right? Like, you know, cause right. we don't know how they're doing it. Is this like, a, this isn't obviously a major one. So it's kind of feels like a B pay-per-view, but it still feels big. So, but yeah, but we don't really know. Right. See, and that's the thing I see it. Look at how you're smelling. <laughs> Cause none of us really know. That's the, what that's, that's the fun part about it. Instead of everybody trying to crown a champion already, let's see how I'll play. Like I'm excited because again, it, it's a, it's technically, sh- it should be, you know, considered one of their B pay-per-views. So let's see how they do, you know? Um, and, and again, it's still fresh. It's still new. It's still only their second pay-per-view. So they're going to be able to like pull out some stops and pull out some surprises and you know, whatever. Yeah. But um, I think it will give us a, a more fair, I think, assessment or judgment, right, of, of, of probably where they're going. Or maybe I'm wrong. I'm, right. I'm, I'm always wrong. So, I mean, I'm probably totally wrong with this one. God damn, pal. Be right. <laughs> uh, um, three matches on the kick um, – not bad. Not the kickoff show. The buy-in show. Uh, Kylie Ray versus Leva Bates with Peter Avalon. I totally dig that. The librarians, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Uh, best friends. All right, this match confuses me. I'm just gonna throw this out of the way. This stipulation that comes out, maybe you can add some context to me. Um, with this whole thing with uh, Tony Khan, I want this to be a sporting presentation. The stipulation of this thing is freaking weird. All right, best friends against SCU against Pride Party. This is a three way tag team match. So the winner advances to all out for an opportunity. At a first round buy in the inaugural AEW World Tag Team Tournament. Here's my problem: you have one of your best teams in there, and you're, the reason you're having this match is because you want a, a team to stand out, right? That's why usually uh, the the playoff formats have a first round buy. Those were the best teams, right? Baseball, the NFL, hockey, whatever. No, I, that's not true because actually the cool thing about hockey, they don't care about first-round buys. You have to play each other. Got to go. <laughs> and think about it. Sometimes people are tied at the end of the regular season, and in yeah. Major League Baseball, you got to play that play-in game. Right. This is what's confusing. Why, why, why would you need an opportunity at a first-round buy? Shouldn't the winner of this match already have the first-round buy? Um. Well, no, well, no, because I think it's it's kind of what you said. This is an opportunity for them to maybe make a, a tag team because one's established, and if you can get one to kind of, although it doesn't feel like a buy, it almost feels like it almost kind of feels like they keep playing just to kind of get a week off. Uh, so I, I, you know, may okay, so it feels it's a like a fun. number one contender on top of a number one contender match. Yeah, so it's like it's almost like a couple play-ins, like a round robin, kind of getting into the tournament. I, there's going to be an adjustment period. I'll admit that sounds. Interesting, but I think maybe once we see it, it'll make more sense. Um, just, just like the the double or nothing. What, what was the twenty one man? You know, how was the twenty one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, now that we now that we've kind of experienced one, I know what to expect next time around. So I'll I'll get I'll get it more, you know. And they'll probably iron out some little you know things that that didn't go right or wrong or or whatever. Um, same thing's probably going to go with this one. I, I just hope the commentary doesn't sound like a telethon this time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, third one, Michael Nakazawa. Michael uh, Nakazawa. Who, who doesn't love Michael Nakazawa? He's fighting Alex Jeb Bailey in a hardcore match. So that who's was- wrestling me? Do you say Adam Daly? Nope. <laughs> um, the hell, when did I get signed? I mean, I'll, listen. I'm I'm gladly. I love my job, but I, I'm I'm always available for bookings. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of barn burners. I'm looking at the match list over here. Um, 
Anna Page against Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MGF. Uh, I love this in, match. In, in case you're deaf, dumb, blind, or stupid, or just in this case, uh, completely blind, uh, this match is going to be insane. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for this one. I don't think we have to do predictions yet. You could if you nah. want, but uh, nah, I think, I, I think I, um, this match to be pretty freaking cool, actually. In a weird way, I actually and and maybe we're gonna do we're gonna test this out on the AEW side and maybe eventually get to this on the WWE side because mm-hmm. I I kind of like how we just like kind of preview it without giving predictions because I mean who the hell are we? And right. we're not maybe WWE pay per views when we start like previewing them might be that you know it might be more fun to like not even go the prediction route other than just like hey it'd be fun if this happened or that happened because at the end of the day none of us really know unless we're backstage you know right um let's see what else we got here on the list not the list of Derrico, unfortunately if he's still listening <laughs> um christopher daniels against shima from strong hearts so that should be pretty cool that'd be good Yuka Sakazaki, uh, Yuka Sakazaki <laughs> uh, Riho versus Nyla Rose three-way match. Um, I thought this was going to be the show where Brady Rose is fighting, but that's fight for the fall, so that's the next one. I'm interested in Riho. I don't know much about Riho, but I saw Kenny's opening her up uh, pretty good. So I think with each of these shows they're going to do, they probably want to bring some type of surprise person for each one as they put like the fishing touches. On the roster, I think most of it's already set for what it is. Um, but I think that's something that we'll see at these shows. I could be wrong, but uh, right. we'll see. Um, John Moxley against Joe Janelle. This is a unsanctioned match, as uh, they put it out on social media, I think, yesterday or this morning. Uh, so, yeah, this one should be pretty nasty. Real quick, Josh, <laughs> before, before you go on, can I say this? And this is the difference, just a little tweaking and listening to your audiences. When Joey Janela first started on being the elite, I, I it was like I, I couldn't stand him. I'm not gonna lie, and it, it wasn't. I actually like Joey Janela a lot in the ring. Like I, I, he's a really fun watch. But I was like, this is the dumbest segment every week. It was just so. But now look what he's doing with Moxley, like the pro. You know what I mean? And you're right. They, they couldn't get that on TV, or or maybe in different hours, maybe because there's some. Let's face it, with the Firefly, uh, the Firefly Funhouse, there's been some imagery that I'm surprised they're they're able to sneak in. So I, I think they get the bouncing out with the the kid music, like right, 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 right. But I, I think the, I think this shows though that kind of like listening to your audience, like Joey Janela has a hell of a future ahead of him. And in, in a way, the 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 promos that they try and listen, no fault for trying them, but they just weren't clicking. They caught on early and were able to adjust, you know. And right. now I went from like, oh god, like you know Joey Janela to like I'm I am I'm I'm in very interested in this match. I was watching a little the promo video for it today and was totally digging it. Cody Rhodes against uh, Darby Allen. Um, I've never seen Darby wrestle in person. I heard he's pretty good. So, um, the- Darby Allen's wrestling here in Pittsburgh pretty soon. Um, and I should promote this because Corey Graves is going to be there. His brother Sam Adonis is wrestling. Um, there's, there's a lot of great talent going. It's going to be there. Yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm thinking about uh, going down there. But it's it's and if you're in the Pittsburgh area or want to be. Check it out. It's not like the dude at the end of Jerry's Springer. in the Chicago area. Oh, look at Derek. Derek, he says, oh, I'm still listening. I have to write up your performance evaluations. I've been waiting one from last year, Brother Carter. What the hell? <laughs> still, listening. still listening. He's sharpening up his blades and, like, packaging up, like, duct tape, you know? Oh, God. <laughs> All right. The main event of this Putting show. Uh, uh, the main event for this show, this one's going to be uh, pretty crazy. 
um, the Elite against Lucha Brothers and Laredo Kid. This probably be the last Young Bucks and Lucha Brother match for a while. Uh, I know uh, they had their match at Triple uh, A's uh, last pay per view, and the Young Bucks lost the tag titles to uh, the Lucha Brothers. So, um, yeah, I, I'm 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 excited for this match. It's a nice little attraction match. You get some Triple A in there, and you get AEW against each other. Uh, at this big old gaming convention. So I, I, I think it's cool. Uh, six man tag matches. There's going to be a lot of spots. So yep. it's going to be hard for me to get everything down, but it yep. should be pretty good. This will be one where you'll want to just sit back and kind of just enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Laredo kid's really good too. I've seen him wrestle a couple times on Lucha and impact. That guy is good. Very, very good. So that's fighter fest coming up uh, this Saturday. Uh, again, you can watch it free on BR Live at 7.30 for the buy-in show and 8.30 for the main show on Saturday nights. So. Now, is this the one that Jericho and Fozzie are... Kind of, yes. Okay, so Jericho's coming in probably and taking out Kenny at, at one point. Or no, he wouldn't have to. No, he would probably take out Hangman, right? Because, yeah, it's him versus Hangman for the championship at All Out, so... Yeah. I mean, do they start with the mind games now, or...? Unless he goes uh, and attacks Moxley and they fight at the um, Fight for Fallen show. I, I don't know if Moxley already has a match for that yet, but, but we'll see. Here's the only thing that I want to not happen at this AEW uh, event this weekend is I want uh, – I, it's Excalibur, right, on the announce team? Yes, the match. I, yeah, I, w- I would love. And listen, I I, I think he's fan- I, I do think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I just think once a show he reaches way too far. Like it, 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 it double or nothing. It was like I just think the Judas effect isn't even real. I think it was just invented. It was just made up. Uh, mm-hmm. And then like the one before was like um, it was. I think it was from uh, it was from All In when Marty was still going for uh, the junior heavyweight championship and like he was talking about being a heavyweight. He's like, I think he's going to win it and just advocate the championship, just throw it away. And because he's a heavyweight, not so villain. And it's like, come on, man, like you're reaching way too far. Sometimes like it, it just sounds almost fanboyish. Um, I'm obviously teasing, I'll, but everyone with little criticisms here and there. There's my criticism on that side. Always the funny thing with concert, especially Michael Cole, you could be a debuting guy and two weeks later at a pay-per-view, Classic, classic Leo Rush. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Classic Josh Lopez. Classic Adam Daly. Vintage, vintage Lopez. Vintage. Um, <laughs> but, and and I, listen, I'll say this about, oh, I'm sorry, we're, we're going to AEW, good. No, I was going to ask you, how did you feel about uh, the announcement yesterday about Evolve having their 10th anniversary show on the network? I think it's amazing. I think it's totally cool. Um, I have I've always thought anytime you can put more eyes on any wrestling product, it's only good for not only us as wrestling fans. It's good for the wrestling business. It's good for the art form of wrestling. It's good. It's it's, it's just good. This is just a great. Think about that. Evolve yeah. is being aired on the WWE Network. That's like that is like, um, and I don't want to say minor leagues guys because that that makes it sound bad. But that is kind of like you know AAA baseball finally getting on ESPN. You know, and I know that's a bad example, guys. And I know you get some that's going to rub some people the wrong way, but it's it's just it's it's somewhat of a it's people love comparisons. There you go. Don't ask. I'm still I'm still trying to get over the conversation we had last week about OJ being on Twitter. That's still it's it's uh, it's, uh, it's such a scary place. Like I'm af- I'm afraid he's going to come after like 
you know, his big giant head is going to come after like my Twitter profile. Well, listen, when it's going to be like the Thanos snap, when you start seeing accounts get deleted, it's OJ just killing accounts, like not to people, but it's going to be the OJ account killing accounts. And it's OJ's account is going to be the first time that artificial intelligence takes over. And this is where the robot, this is Cyberdyne and it's all through OJ Simpson. He was reprogrammed in prison. And now I sound just as crazy as some of the idiots in the wrestling Twitter cylinder every, every week when they think they're, uh, fantasy booking a show. However, um, with all of that being said, um, I still think OJ has been reprogrammed is, is like the T 1500, just really weak. And with now a that, alibi, <laughs> allegedly. Now they got a Dennis Rodman 30 for 30. That's going to be two hours. It'll be really interesting though. Yeah. I met him before. He's an interesting, interesting cat. I say love him or hate him. I, Rodman's one I'll never hate on because, again, I, I mean, the North Korea stuff's questionable, but so he can maybe question that. Um, <laughs> but he knew how to market himself. He knew how to get – I mean, you know, and, and, and you know, he is admittedly has had some personal struggles to deal with and stuff like that. So um, no, I'll never hate on Rodman. Definitely be afraid to drink with him or, or have dinner with him, but I, I'm, I've never hate on him. Uh, man. Shout out to the people in Dallas, Texas uh, next week. Think about this. On Monday, you got Monday Night Raw. Saturday, you got the G1 in in the same building, right? And on uh, that Sunday is Impact Wrestling Slammiversary pay-per-view. If you're a wrestling fan, I don't know if it gets better than that. Three different companies with three big shows like that. I mean, <laughs> go knock your socks off. Right, yeah, agreed, agreed. And see, uh, that's the thing for for everybody that complains that well, wrestling's this, the business is dead, or that. Dude, there's so much wrestling. Um, Kaiju Big Battle is, I think, in either I just missed it or it's maybe in a like a couple days or something. But Kaiju Big Battle is in in Pittsburgh. You know, um, I went to like, like, I went to a Kaiju uh, Battle show in San Jose. Those shows mm-hmm. are insane. Yeah, uh, Ace from uh, Ace from uh, the Ace and, Ace and uh, Briscoe show. Uh, he's been the Kaiju Big Battle. He's tried to get me to go to some, and he. Uh, so I, I wanted to go. It's crazy times and stuff. So I, I totally forgot about it. Um, plus, it's like a twenty-one and up thing. It's definitely not something I'm taking my daughter to. You know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> so that's like you know what I mean. Like certain concerts, like I'm not, I wouldn't take her to see Tool yet. I mean, there's 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 lines. You know, there's certain lines you don't cross. But um, she'll get there eventually. Oh uh, yeah, eventually. Eventually, she'll she'll see a, a big giant uh, uh, turkey sandwich. Uh, Body or uh, frog splash, uh, the yeah. dinosaur for some reason. Like, I don't even know yeah. what Mazan and Kaiju Big Battle. I just know I need to see it. Yeah, a, a dinosaur is going to do a code red off the boxes. Right, uh, yeah. With a tiger under him. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right. Last thing we were talking about today. Oh, by the way, I know SmackDown's in San Antonio, so shout out to Charles Barkley because he always has the funny jokes about women in San Antonio and eating churros and stuff. If you haven't watched the compilation of what? San Antonio ripping, uh, if you haven't seen the compilation of Charles Barkley ripping San Antonio, it's the funniest thing in uh, those sit-down panels that they do for all these sports shows, uh, sports games and stuff. It's it's pretty funny. I, I think a lot of the stuff like the sit down pregame and postgame shows for a lot of these sports are overproduced and like it's not fun to watch. But Charles Barkley finds a way to make me laugh. So oh, he's great. He's yeah. got a fantastic sense of humor. I I love the one that he had <laughs> with the whole Jesse Smollett thing, and this hits home because it happened here, right? 
So <laughs> they had these, they had this board and they said, this is like the thing Chuck, uh, Charles Barkley said that wouldn't happen. So they kind of, they test him on it, right? Like they're just checking on how he's doing with that. So for example, he would say, Oh, the Lakers weren't going to make the playoffs. And then they're trying to find out what new things to put on the board. And it's like, what would it happen? He's like, Two black guys beating another black guy up and uh, framing che- uh, framing crimes with checks and this and that. It's it's freaking hilarious. He gave one of the best takes about the Jesse uh, Smollett situation. I think he was on. I want to say he was on Stephen Colbert, and it was right after it had it happened. And I think I, I encourage people to go uh, go watch it. I think it was the the uh, a very fair assessment, um, not only of what. Jesse Smollett, how it affected the, the LGBTQ community, but how it affected the black community and how it affected the police, how it affected basically everybody, but Jesse Smollett somehow, you know what I mean? It made the life worse for everybody except, yeah. so, so uh, he's, he's going to get banned from Hollywood for five years and he'll have some sob story and come back big deal at this point. You know, it, it's, that's kind of the frustrating point about this, about the Jesse Smollett situation. I don't know why you had to do my city like that. I, I I know how shady the Chicago police is. Dirty, but, but you know but, what? I'm gonna you're get... gonna you're gonna try to pin a crime on yourself by using a check. Come on, man. I uh, you know I didn't even know st- I didn't know people still use checks. Um, I, I just I just uh, <laughs> people's stupidity level is through the roof. But I do want to say this, man. And like me and you had a brief conversation about it. We're gonna get right back to wrestling. People worldwide might not, you know, some of our international audience might might not really connect with this. But if you live here in our state, you know how big of a deal this is. Uh, your state, your state, my friend, and I <laughs> apparently was there a year too early. But your state uh, has just passed recreational marijuana statewide. Um, this is all I'm gonna say. When crime in your state goes down, and I'm not, you know, saying like, you know, everyone who wants to use Chicago, even though it's like, I think 18th or 19th in the country now, it's not even like anywhere in the top, you know, anywhere near the top five or whatever. But when you start to see crime go down in Illinois, all over the place, you're going to start to see marijuana legalized recreationally nationwide. I really believe, man, that you guys are being used as a big, and I hate to keep saying litmus test, but your state is the perfect example of a state that if crime goes down, if it brings in the tax money that it is is projected to, and if not even more. I mean, now you've gone from the the you know, and I hate to say it like this, but right now they're they're you know the country kind of looks at it as it works in the white states, but will it work in the urban states? You know what I mean? And that's I hate to say it, nobody else will, but I'll say it because I'll say the things that no everyone else is afraid to say. So now it is going to be one where it is going to be in a very big you know more of an urban environment. And when crime goes down, brother, what happens? The the um, proof's going to be in the pudding, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's, um, I mean. There's another thing that happened the other day that kind of messes up what the celebration of today is. I don't know if you saw this or not. Uh, Punk filed another lawsuit against uh, Cabana, which is oh, very God. ironic with the promo that he cut in Vegas um, eight years ago today. This and, is um, where. Man, I love punk, but I don't. I, uh, I'm staying out of that one. It's like that. We don't, South Park. We don't have to get into that. <laughs> it's like the South Park where where uh, Timmy and Jimmy are joining the are joining the Crips. I'm staying out of this one. Right. Um. All right. Last question, brother man. Before we head out here, what do you think? Uh, positively, like, what what what's your thoughts with uh, Bischoff and Heyman? The news that came out this morning. Oh, it's them, being the directors. Fantastic. Dude, you want to talk added value to a company because ultimately, like you said, okay, like let's talk brand recognition, right? We think branding. 
right now, when you talk about a brand that the the only knock, and, and, and I want to give you this point, Josh, the only knock right now that you really hear about WWE is Raw and SmackDown. You know, people don't knock the pay-per-views. People don't knock NXT. People don't knock. It's Ron's. That's really the only complaint about the, their, their Saudi relationship I don't like, but that's that's for a different time. Now, that being said, though, when you bring in two highly, highly, highly intelligent individuals that not only know how to connect with a crowd, not only how, I mean, they, they, they understand they have their finger on pop culture. They have their finger on what people want. They have their finger on just the pulse of the audience at hand, even on any single, any, any given night. And, you know, um, and again, I encourage people to please, please, please go watch uh, the little Paul Heyman thing. And not because it's CM Punk based, but it's just the brilliance of Paul Heyman to say, listen, let me take the power out of the fans hands so that right. you can have your show, you know? And I think that is going to be, um, not only added value for the creative process of the show, but think about it, dude. Like, and this is where it comes in. Like if, if, if you're, it doesn't matter if you're in the Indies or if you're, um, uh, a, a bodybuilder somewhere or you're a model somewhere or whatever, and you're thinking about going to WWE, you know, you can argue to Eric Bischoff and, and Paul Heyman are two of the most influential people in the history of the business. Are you telling me that you wouldn't want to be under their, underneath their tutelage? Like, absolutely. You know? So I, I think that no matter which way you slice this, whether it was done uh, to keep them there, whether it was done, you know why the earth was round, right? So they can keep us here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I know the flat earthers aren't real. Um, but, um, but no, I, I do think that this, in, 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 a, in a myriad of different ways, this, is, this could pay off in spades. This is an investment for future investments to keep breeding those generations after generations and not have that main man or woman or, or, or person or, or whomever you can have multiple top superstars. Cause that's where we're at right now, Josh. You know what I mean? Like we we're at, we're at a stage where we need and should have multiple stars, not just the one or two that they choose to give us. And I, and I, and I think that would kind of, quiet a lot of the criticisms that, that we do here, you know, guys like Balor being underutilized guys like, you know, whether that's fair, foul or not, you know, I mean, he's an O'Connell champ. How underutilized is he really, you know, but at the same time, that's an argument, right? So, so, but these are things that they'll hear and they'll understand. And I think, and whether or not it, it, it whatever it means, think about just the promo work that might happen now, you know, just being able to say, listen, okay, this is what, what Vince wants. Let me tell you how to really get your emotions into it. Like they're watching Paul Heyman, just him and Alexa Bliss, like I said, I, I know I keep going I, back. I haven't, I haven't got to see it yet. I have to watch Oh, it. dude, I can't wait for you to see it. Two quick things about that. Number one, I love that, that she got it right out of the way because too many people hide behind it. Or like Nikki Bella was kind of like, I don't want to say she was whining about it. But it was like, I, like, I'm glad that Alexa Bliss said, all right, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. I had implants when I was 17. I, it was, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the poor girl had eating disorder. She was almost died. I mean, you know, lo- love or hate or whatever, you can have your own personal opinion. You know, that's part of like, you know, could have saved her life. So the fact that she addressed it right away and just got it like, boom, out of the way, I, I give her a ton of credit for because that's something that typically is either danced around or you, you play the victim card or you, you know, and she didn't. She owned it like a boss and moved on. Um, but, there is something, dude, in that way. You'll, and you'll see it. And I think you'll see what I mean. Like, Heyman just looks – you could tell that he looks so natural and probably enjoys just being able to see that next superstar. Not that she's like that, you know, but just helps – just make sure that the lines are there and how they're going to – how are you going to keep that the, the crowd engaged on every line that you have? Um, yeah. You know, and, and Bischoff's the same. Like, these are two great wrestling minds, two great business minds, two great things – These. This is what you want around, you know, around a support system, yeah, ultimately. 
I what are your thoughts on it? I love me some Alexa Bliss. You know that, brother, already. <laughs> Dude, the 365 was awesome. I thought it was awesome. Uh, my daughter loved it. I, I loved it. I thought it was it was really well done. Um, she has a very interesting story, and I mean, she's she's a lot of respect for. Her. I, I'll definitely watch it uh, tomorrow. I, I got some free time before I gotta cover Impact. By the way, folks, especially for Impact Wrestling, here's my suggestion for you. Especially when SmackDown goes to Fox in in the fall, move your show to Tuesday at seven o'clock and stop doing shows at nine p.m. Central Time, please. <laughs> I, I, it's not anything for me personally because I'm not a guy that goes out in clubs every single week. But even then, I like to enjoy my weekend <laughs> not doing articles that, that late at night. Come on, man. I hate going to club, man. I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a club person. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry if that makes me anti-social. I don't care. I'm not a club dude. I told you. Last time I was, I went out with one of my boys and it's maybe a month, about a month ago or something like that. Went out a month or two ago. I don't know, whatever. I looked around at dudes, way too tight polos, way, way too tight. And and they were all drinking Zima, and they had these stupid sunglasses on. And I was like, yep, I'm not supposed to be here. Because um, I don't I don't like time traveling back to 1998, 1999. You know what I mean? I, I like being present right. in, in, in future. Um, but, yeah, so, and, why, and again, Zima, really? We're going backwards. <laughs> and then not for the right reasons. Who the hell handpicked Zima to make a comeback? Crystal Pepsi? Br- br- come on, bring it on. I want more. More of that. Zima? Ugh. Ugh. Alright. Um, right. The first thing I got drunk off of, so I'm not going to knock it too hard. <laughs> I, was a little, I didn't drink until I was like, it was like almost 21. It was like right before my 21st birthday. All right, this is what I was going to say about the Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff thing. Um, I thought Bully Ray brought this up really good today. Like, any good winner or people that deal in war, they're always good when they're able to associate with people that are equivalent to them from a different um, territory. territory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I, I don't see anything that's wrong with Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman reporting to him. So I I, I, I can only see good things out of it, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, they, they, did, they did mention that Eric Bischoff will have like – will be like a liaison uh, from an executive side with dealing with Fox and stuff. So that's cool, man. Dude, and I think that's important because, he again, he's he has a TED Talk that everybody should check out. Um, connecting, just I don't even want to give it away. It's a really fascinating TED Talk that you definitely should check out. Um, it does connect, you know, media, business, wrestling, and you know when you watch it, you realize it's, it's just like I said. I read his book, and it's funny because we sit back and we think that the, you know we see these characters and, and the characters they portrayed, and, and it's why I'll never say a bad thing about Vince, Vince Russo either because he was so good to me. I mean, he was so good to, to you know my family and stuff like that, and, and, and even, even my ex-wife. I mean, he was fantastic to her. So I'll never hate you know on on Vince Russo or anything that you know anything that his opinions are just that you know um, he treated me excellently. Um, on on the flip side, I've never obviously met Eric Bischoff, but I have an immense amount of respect for his viewpoint on things, uh, his business strategies, his, you know, I mean, he, just his, his vision and, and, and him being able to kind of stay a couple steps ahead, even, you know, I, I don't know. I, I have, a, I have a hell of a lot of respect for Eric Bischoff. So I, and, and Heyman, I mean, I've, I've, I've talked Heyman up enough on here. I don't think I have to go down that route anymore. <laughs> you know, so I do, this is, to me, this is just, this actually is, especially with Bischoff on the Fox side of things, 
because of his business acumen. I do think that this, this is really going to pay off in space for WWE. And, and guys, and, and, and this is what's weird, Josh, is now they're kind of not in a growing period, but they kind of are in what in, in some sort of, a, in a way, in like a transitional period, right? Yeah. And that's not a bad thing, though. Mm-hmm. We were saying that at WrestleMania 35, right? Like, this is going to be kind of the next five years. What, we're, what we get from, you know, this is going to be the next five years of, of kind of, it's almost like they go in like five-year cycles, right? And, and everything surrounding WrestleMania 35, not only the, the intro, all the world of stage, we were just the players, just the way that they were talking, like, this is, this is entertainment now. This is, it was almost like, hey, this is where we're going to be. And if them bringing in two fantastic minds like that are going to put them back to where it silences at least half the critics, then they're already ahead of where they were two years ago, three years ago. You know what I mean? It's, it, it's, and that's ultimately what it is, Josh. It's just silencing idiotic critics. And, and, and if anybody's criticizing these moves, I'd, I'd, question, I'd question their business acumen. Right. By the way, I need more Sami Zayn ripping of the Nimrods. I like to see a little bit more of that. Um, all of it. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> uh, by the way, the last thing I'll say this week before we wrap up the show, you want equivalent of what wrestling Twitter looks like? Look at the calamity at these political uh, events, debate shows, whatever you want to call it, in Miami right now. I can't. And, 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 and the other side of the fence, I'm not Republican or Democratic, but all the debates and all the stuff for the 2020 election is going to be a freaking – uh, physical calamities. It's going to be horrible. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm running for president at this at this point, right? I don't I don't know. There's well, like, Derek's running for president. There's 416 <laughs> Democrats running right now. You know what I mean? I I probably slipped in somewhere. I don't know. Um, I, dude, it's it's too much. It's it, I I don't I, I can't I can't I can't because <laughs> I just can't I can't do it. Um, listen, real quick on the enter- on, on the entertainment side. Um, I got to look up what the actual uh, name of the show is, but. Um, listen, HBO subscribers, uh, rejoice, be funny, uh, have some fun. Danny McBride got a new show coming out with, uh, John Goodman's in it. Adam Devine's in it. Um, it's got, it's called like the, the something gemstones or like the, the righteous gemstones or something or something like that. Uh, but then they got Watchmen coming out this fall too. So HBO is actually kind of building up their lineup again, um, to fill in that, that, you know, Game of Thrones void that, uh, that they're going to have to fill in. So it's like they got some, they got some shows coming and I think glow premieres, a couple days. So Netflix users, keep your eyes out for that. We'll be talking about glow a lot on the show coming up soon. So be on the lookout for that guys. Um, all right, folks. Uh, one thank you guys so much for checking out the show this week. Uh, shout out to brother Carter for sending us. Uh, no, don't give him a shout out. <laughs> give him a shout out. So his punk ass appears on this show and not right. in a chat room somewhere. You know what I mean? It's real easy. Keyboard warrior. You know, you know, for somebody that claims it all, CM Punk fans are just keyboard warriors. They're shit behind us. You're doing the same thing. <laughs> Put your nuts on the table. They're Canadian nuts. They're, so they're maple and we get it or the tables, maple or, or whatever. <laughs> but you know, Bring it to the table, man. Bring it to the table, pal. Um, shout out to um, shout out to Nick for the UK for interacting us, interacting with us. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Nick got to interact live. Uh, pretty cool, especially for how late it is his time right now. So uh, shout out to him, and uh, shout out to AJ. Of course, every single week through the eyes of a nine year old, uh, one of the best segments in all podcasting, and. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "All oh, hell no, Daily. Now you're putting words in my mouth. Just for that, I am coming back very soon. Count on it. 
awesome. Yo, he sounds just like OJ, man. That's what I mean. <laughs> Run, bitch. Sounds exactly like OJ. I came back. All right, we got to wrap it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for the Clown Prince of Podcasting, I'm Joshy. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the Hoots Podcast Instagram, Joshy Lopez94. Make sure to follow Adam on, on Instagram at AdamDaily13. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the channel. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Hope you enjoyed the Hoots Podcast. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy Fighter Fest. We're, we're going to be off next week, but uh, we should be back July 11th. Uh, will be our next show, all right? So for the Clown Prince, I'm Joshy. Thank you guys so much for checking out once, episode 162 of the Hoots Podcast. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you guys later. Peace. All right, very excited to speak to this week's guest, the Universal WWE Champion, Seth Rollins. He's been on before, always a fun conversation. Glad he's back. Seth, how you doing? Doing great, brother. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, and uh, this is sort of good timing for me. I always like it when one of my guests is sort of uh, having an active time on social media and and in their profession. Uh, we're taping this Monday a little bit before Raw. You've been feisty on Twitter today with uh, some of the fans, which was amusing. I saw you, you even busted out a dork, which was gave me a chuckle. You don't, That word's not used that much anymore, so that was good usage. Um, seems like there's been some backlash against the WWE recently, and you uh, took up for the company on Twitter. What What was the motivation behind that? Oh, I mean, you can only sit back and, um, you know, read people, you know, bashing uh, something you love for so long and sit there and take it and try to, you know, take the high road, so to speak. Um, and so, you know, I'm real proud of what I do every single week. And, and not just Mondays, but every single Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, really. Uh, I'm real proud of what I do and what our crew does and the effort they put forward. I'm not talking about just the wrestlers, the guys and girls you know, who you see out in the ring. I'm talking about everybody from creative all the way up to Mr. Man. You know, we put a, a, a ton of effort into making a product that I think is, is pretty darn good considering the amount of content we put out there and uh, the fact that people want to sit on their little soapboxes on their little stupid uh, social media machines and talk down about it uh, really just speaks volumes about kind of the generation uh, and, and where they're at it. So I figured... You know, if somebody's going to fight back, it might as well be me since I am the champ and I consider myself the top guy in our company.